Ron and Fez show starts right now. Okay, let's get down to it, Bopper. the Ron and Fez show on a uh, Tuesday, is what they tell us. We're expecting a... Wednesday, dog. Today's Wednesday? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at hump day now. Come on, halfway. I, see, here's my problem. I'm living on England time. I'm back and forth. All right. I don't know whether I'm watching recorded stuff. Thank God for those little girls, those little gymnasts. Dominating. Love it. I honestly believe that today they could beat the Miami Heat. In any sport, it doesn't matter what sport. It is. I don't know. I don't think they have the height. I mean, they're great. They're fucking they limber. Leap. They're limber. They leap, dude. They have ups. I guarantee you, every one of those could box you out on the boards. <laughs> um, all right, Ron and Fez show. We are waiting for uh, a surprise guest to stop by. Uh, this guy is the most, I'm going to say, famous butcher in the entire world. Uh, Pat Lafrida. Hell yeah. Uh, he has a show on the Food Network, but even before that, he was a household name in New York City because he's the guy who came up with the great burgers that they ended up selling uh, Shake Shack and. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, what is it? Manana Spotted Pig. Spotted Piggy. Spotted Pig. Does. 
He goes pretty much every fucking place that has good meat is known for a good burger. This guy's providing the meat for it. And before that, a burger was just like, you know, cast away. <laughs> it was just cast away meat. Well, he's got this sandwich that Hicks and I have been eating, and it is the original filet mignon sandwich. Oh, man. And Let's Go Mets Go is going to show up at City Field. City Field Tuesday, August 7th. Hicks and I right now are living in the future because we're eating it today. What do you think, uh, Pepper? It's delicious. I guess I'll be going to fucking Mets games now and you know, housing these things. Uh, Philadelphia has the cheesesteak, but no one has ever made the kind of filet mignon sandwich work before. It's fucking, it, it, this guy's doing it. This thing's fucking insanely good. Now, do you watch Meat Men? I've never seen it. Um, I watch a lot of Food Network. I haven't seen Meat Men, though. I saw, I saw the promos for it. It looked good. And Pat Lafrida, like shows up on a bunch of the shows, too. He's, like, all over the Food Network. Because he's it. famous for meat. Yeah, exactly. The Iron Chef's go, yep, going to get meat from Pat Lafrida. Every Shit. chef, every chef in New York City uh, that is worth anything goes to him. Now, there are a couple of the old-timey ones that don't. Uh, that have been around like some of the steakhouses that have been around for a million years. And they're suffering uh, because of it. Because they're getting the old school kind of meat. Little, it doesn't have the same kind of pop. And I don't understand how it took this long for the burger. For someone to say, let's put like really good meat in a burger. I think people thought the burger was a throwaway. This guy saw past that. Now, the weird thing is maybe you and I could do the same thing with sausages. Oh, that'd be sick. <clears throat> and finally get out of this business. You could dominate the sausage game. Finally get out of radio and spend 16, 17 hours a day uh, in a very cold locker. Uh, I had a friend who worked for Steakums. Okay. And every morning he used to get up before he went there and cry. Because oh. he even in the summer, he was in the freezer all day. No matter what time of the year... He's just freezing. He was in the freezer. Off. Yeah. And he would get up yeah. and he would start sobbing and think to himself, I've got to get into a freezer for the next eight hours. So he's kind of like a cadaver for during his job. It's a it's a whole different way of going. It's a whole different way of uh living your life. Uh for the first responders we'll have a prize on this. It's gonna be at uh Pat Lafrida. At Pat Lafrida, and you'll find that link up on the iBang. Right away, um, Charlie wants to drop something else. Charlie, what do you got? Ronnie, uh, Gore Vidal died, and if you read his biography, it's extremely impressive. I mean, you know, he, all the people he's been around in his life, but the most impressive thing to me, which I've told all my coworkers, he's the director from Gattaca. The director from Gattaca died, Ronnie. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. Well, he did do some. Um, uh, acting, but beyond that, I mean, the writing from, you know, plays and uh, books, and then just being able to, to get out and talk about life. I mean, he he was one of those, and th we don't kind of have these guys anymore that could just fillet people, just fillet them. That's you know, we have a lot of screamers uh, on TV. And reality stars and just maniacs. Uh, but we don't have guys that could just sit there and intellectually, even if you don't uh, agree with them. We'll talk about them a little later on in the show because uh, we've got the uh, meat man uh, coming in. Pat Lafrida, his original filet mignon steak sandwich, is going to be at City Field. And uh, check out season two of Meat Men on the Food Network. The Twitter for the first responders is at Pat Lafrida. Let's bring him in.
Pat LaFrieda in studio with us. How are you, sir? Great. Thank, thank you for having me this morning. I was just uh, talking to the audience uh, about some of your accomplishments, but I don't think that we have a well-known chef in New York City who doesn't go to you for product. No, thank you. We're, we're lucky to work with New York's best chefs. And you are the guy who came up with this huge jump ahead in hamburgers that yes. uh, for years, I guess, nobody understood that hamburger meat was just like a byproduct. Right. For, for, for many years, ground beef was made with trimmings and just what, what was left over. But mm -hmm. my grandfather had a different philosophy in that, and we always used the same cuts of meat and whole cuts of meat, never trimmings, and always domestic products. So when big hamburger makers are making tens of thousands of pounds an hour for the lowest bidder, they're not worried about um, where the meat comes from, mm -hmm. whereas what we always did was make the best ground beef. So 15 years ago when there was this big hamburger revolution, it was just natural that all the chefs came to us for uh, the best ground beef that you could make. And then I tweaked my grandfather's blend so many times that we have well over 50 blends so that we have d restaurants that are located right near each other that have very different flavor profiles um, from each other. And it's very important, especially in New York City, that everyone has their own niche and their right. own flavor. But I think the the place that it shows genius with you is that you didn't get the first blend and say, this is our blend, this is what we sell, because most people think of branding that way, at least in a corporate world. And I think this is important for uh, Americans to think about, because I think now that we're in this place that we are, it's really going to be entrepreneurs and family businesses that pull us out of it. And you did something I, I think no corporation would ever do, is I think that most of the time they would, this is the one who wants to buy it. But you kept on working, making its kind of individual flavors for different people. Right, because like, I, like we tell our employees, you don't work for me. We work for our customers. So our product was always about making it for our customers, not saying this is Pat LaFrieda brand and good for the brand. It just so happened it was great for the brand. That right. What we were doing by not concentrating on our brand, by concentrating on our customers' brands and, and making iconic burgers like Shake Shack and, 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 and tweaking those blends so it worked great on their flat top in the park when they first opened. Right. Like custom tailoring all of that for our customers and working for them was uh, what made us different. But I think the amazing, I'm sure that you got tons of calls to saying, give me the Shake Shack blend. Tons. Give me the same thing. Tons. So as a business person, how do you not just do the easy thing and just start sending that out? Because I think that's where a lot of uh, companies would make the mistake and send that out. But when you work with guys like Danny Meyer and, and, the, and the president of Shake Shack, uh, Randy Garuti, and you, you shake on it, um, and your word is, is everything in business. So 
when when a restaurant calls and say and says, "Hey, I want the Shake Shack blend," I'm like, "That's their exclusive blend, but we're gonna make you one for you." Let's start off with what steaks do you like to eat? We'll translate that into a burger blend, and we'll make something specific for you. It's not like you're gonna go and tell people, "Hey, I have the Shake Shack blend." Are mm-hmm. you? No, restaurants want to come. Uh, Consumers want to come to your restaurant because of what you're bringing to the table. And if they want Shake Shack, they go to Shake Shack. And then I usually win that argument, and we make them something unique. Uh, and again, I think 99% of businesses out there would have done the exact opposite. And that's why you kept all these people. Like Danny Meyer is is also now loyal to you, of course. Yes, you know? yes, uh, domestically and, and abroad. They have opened in the Middle East. They're about to go to Turkey, and I'm along with them so we've we've made product and shipped it overseas and it's great it's just a great feeling to see some of these new york city based concepts go abroad yeah and here's lafrida meads taking american money and it, it and having it travel the other way for once and and also we're not sending out an inferior product the way we have with a lot of our fast food places no not at we've all we've sent out a lot of shit around the world uh basically sending out our worst stuff we're here we're saying this stuff is important and it's good you might pay a little more for it but it's great and that that cheap product that you're talking about is usually not even American product. Right. It's usually imported trimmings from Canada, Mexico, Uruguay. It could be from anywhere. Anyone that's got some trimmings and the lowest bidder, that's, we import it. Grind, not me, but companies will import it, grind it here, and then call it domestic American product when it's not. How come stuff like uh, Buffalo has never really caught on? Have you ever played around with it? Sure, that? we carry buffalo. Yeah. We make ground buffalo. It's um, it's very good. It's very lean, though, so mm-hmm. it's an unforgiving steak. So when it, when you rate it up against American beef in the grading process, it would grade down by the lowest, mm-hmm. meaning it has no intramuscular fat, fat no flavor. So <laughs> you need a chef that understands that it's an unforgiving meat, meaning that you can overcook it easily. And a, a, a chef has to understand the properties of buffalo in order for them to make it well. And it's really just about education. Um, all right, you're doing something now with City Field, which is the original filet mignon steak sandwich. Now, of course, Philadelphia famous for the cheesesteak. Sure. This is a whole different situation. And I don't think anyone's ever really made the... Filet mignon steak sandwich work yet? No, they don't even get. No one even gets a, a regular steak sandwich right. Yeah. And f- the Philly cheesesteak, sure, it's great, especially after a few beers. But really, it, it's not. It's not a culinary. It's not a great culinary experience. Um, and that's usually made with shaved, imported Australian mm-hmm. beef knuckles. Like, not, there's not, you put so much else on it that you don't taste it anymore. Uh, what we wanted to do was, we always loved what City Field did with the food there. Mm. Like, going to a Mets game, you, it's no longer about eating stale pretzels or bad hot dogs. Right. Like, you could get really great food there, like Shake Shack, like Blue Smoke or Catch of the Day. Um, but the one thing they were missing was a steak sandwich. So, in speaking to the Wilpons very recently and talking about that, I suggested a, a family recipe where where it was something that we've made in our family for many years. And um, a couple days later, we... They had me in, and I cooked one for them, um, and they said, 
that no ballpark would ever work as fast as they do. There's always a lot of red tape mm-hmm. and politics involved and sponsorship money like that. We open in two weeks. We need this product here. We don't have it. And then here you go. Like on the 7th, we'll be opening up a concession. I wish we've never done that before. Now, we were eating your sandwich before you came in. Yeah. It's fantastic, but also terrific bread. There's great, it's great very bread important. Yeah. yeah. We're the meat guys, but we're carb freaks. Like yeah. we, bread needs, you know, bread. Not only does it have to be fresh; it has to be of great quality. We think like outside of New York, it's too airy. Uh, this is actually from a a, a, a great baker uh, bakery in in New Jersey, uh, Hudson Bakery. But besides that, it needs a little bit of love before you serve it. Mm-hmm. So you have to toast it right before, um, and it's important. So yeah, all that stuff is important, and it's the kind of stuff people forget as they start to mass produce stuff. So you really have got to have the quality control. If you see a, a, a nice toasted baguette or any kind of Italian bread, assembly in Italian bread, and you see it at, at any venue, any food venue, and it's coming out of a plastic bag, yeah, it's lost its crust from the outside already. Yeah. The moisture from the inside has reached the outside, and it's, it's what you'd find in a supermarket. And we were very adamant that we needed our bread there to go along with or like a great quality bread to go along with it because it's the first thing you touch. It's the first thing that hits your mouth. And yeah, and it will destroy your entire night right. if you get that bread. You're like, what am I doing here? And what's funny thing is a lot of great barbecue places in the South will just give you a slice of Wonder Bread. There's a really famous right. place that puts it inside a, a plastic wrap. And I'm like, why? You, you just ruined my night. I know. I know. I've been to hundreds of burger tastings with all the hamburger buns that we make. And I'll pick up the bun, and I'm like, guys, we don't need to go any further. Right away, we're making <laughs> right. a big mistake yeah. here. Yeah. You know, whether whether it's the quality of the bread or the bread-to-meat ratio is really important. It is incredibly important. Don't give me some gigantic burger right. that I can't bite and then this sick little bread on the outside or, or Or vice versa. Yeah. I don't want to be biting into a burger, and I have no burger in the first bite. It's all bread. How do you, I mean, when you're working with so many people now, how do you keep the quality control going? Because I'm sure they all want the best steak every day. Sure, they do. But we're we're very exclusive as to who we sell to. And our operations start at 6 p.m. What a lot of people don't know. We start at 6 p.m. every night. So under the USDA government oversight, which we have a USDA inspector in our building at all times, we, we start cutting meat at 6 p.m., to be delivered the next morning. Nothing gets cut ahead of time, but working all night gives us that ability to get all these custom blends done and done it in a fashion, um, not just with the government oversight, but with my oversight. So I worked all night last night, and then this is the time I would normally be sleeping, and then I get up and do it all over again the next day. So it's a family-run business, meaning I'm there, my dad comes every morning at 3.30 in the morning, and then my cousin's there at 7 a.m. So we're 24 hours, six, six days a week, and you just don't find that in many companies. No, of course not. And again, most of us would think, oh, family business, what could be better? But you're going to work harder to keep that going than anything else. Yeah, I, I think I've taken nepotism to the next level <laughs> because <laughs> working with family is the most challenging thing. Is you know, But it's great that as we got busier... In our history, I kept backing up the start time 
And I was the army uh, combat medic. I was the I was in the reserves for eight years. So I mean, sleep deprivation is I'm fine with that. <laughs> so I took the responsibility of being the guy to open. So sure, I could work all night long and be there and make sure everything is done right because all the magic is done at night with myself and the butchers and overseeing. Like we have a staff of forty guys at night. Um, making sure that it all happens right. How big was that business when you were a kid, though? I mean, you didn't have 40 butchers. Uh, we had two broken-down vans, two uh-huh. drivers. Uh, my dad was the butcher. We, he sometimes had an assistant. And um, every day off, I worked with my dad. And it was it was a very, very small company. It was a small company, but it was a family business. It was working. You know, you went to college. So what made you think we need to expand? Well. Where, where did that drive even come from? I thought that um, the, the my first inclination that what we did was so different and so good was that restaurants that didn't buy from us, mm-hmm. like high-end restaurants around the holidays or Memorial Day or Labor Day, they were stopping by our – like the chefs and the owners were stopping right. by our place to get meat for their homes. So if it was like – you know, they didn't want to get the meat that they used for their restaurants, but they were getting it at my place for their home. Like, I said, we need to get the message out there. What we're doing is different. And, yeah, I went off to college. And being in this business is not what my dad envisioned for me. I was the generation that was supposed to go off and do right. something better and not work in 34-degree temperature all night and 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 um, and so forth. But, again... Just using using my marketing skills of getting the word out there and visiting chefs. So, if I started then at three thirty in the morning, I cut meat, processed orders, invoiced the customers, then sometimes got into the van and made the deliveries. Would come back to Lafrida Meats, change in what we called was a clawfish. It was it was so small it could have been a closet or an office changed into a suit and went back onto the road and met guys like Joe Bastianich and Lydia Bastianich and 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 um and 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 I, sometimes I would be embarrassed because the day after I made a deal with them to start selling the meat I had to make the delivery there so there's Joe in the restaurant. <laughs> I was in a suit the day before, and now I'm, I'm, I'm in a fleece and jeans and work boots, and I'm carrying meat into his restaurant, but I uh, kind of ducked and, uh, and got away with it. But that's how we grew the business. Just slugging it out every day. Slugging every it day. out, grassroots. But the experience of working from the bottom up and knowing everything that happens in your company um, is priceless because when a, a A driver comes to me and says, Pat, I just fell down a flight of stairs at XYZ restaurant because it's, you know, at a a, a 45 degree angle is the the staircase or steeper. And uh, by the way, I I had left the trap door open and someone else fell in after me. Like, I've been there. Right. I know what they've experienced. I know how to fix those problems. And I I, I know how to teach my guys and train them at every step of, of, of the way. When you go out in New York City to have a meal, I'm sure every chef wants to give you the best steak you've ever had in your life. Yes. But can you just say, uh, I'd like a piece of fish, I want a bowl of pasta? I love (laughs) pasta, and I love fish. And that's not the problem when I go out. I try to go in on the radar. If I don't tell the chef that I'm there, they get very, very insulted. I'm sure. So then it comes to the point where my guest or guests and I get everything on the menu sent out. 
Right. And then you're embarrassed that you can't finish it. So I'm like, here, you take this. No, 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 no. I'm stuffed. And they're trying to kill us. So you try to move things around on a plate so it looks like you, 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 you enjoyed it, which, you know, nine times out of ten you do without insulting anyone because as the waiter is coming, like, okay, we're done with this. Take this, take this, take this, because you can't possibly finish everything a chef wants to send out. Uh, now that you're doing uh, this stuff with City Field, yes. uh, does that change, though, because this is more where people are sitting down to eat it and know that your name itself is... Well, we're on so many menus now, and, and basically it, that, that's what it is at City Field. I mean, it, it, it won't change... I think that we're going to get a lot of exposure in the retail end, yes, because um, for for a lot of Mets fans that don't know who Lafrida is, they're going to know who, right. who they are. So that will change that. Um, we would never open up a restaurant on our own in the city, and we've had many of offers to open up steak restaurants, burger restaurants, using our name, and we just we don't do it. Being in, in the in city fields, a different situation. It's only only during ball games and whatnot, but. Um, it should be a great experience for for that, and the fact that the stadium didn't have a steak sandwich mm-hmm. or any other steak sandwich that is made is usually sliced thin beef. This is actually a steak that's going to be seared as you order it. It, it. It's a completely different experience. So, from the perception of the fans, I think it's going to be it's just going to add to what. City Field and Aramark have successfully done, which was take high-quality food and bring it to a ballpark. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, the other interesting thing that I think that you've done is that you're educating people, even though you probably didn't set out to do that, but all around the country now, because a lot of people, guys love to grill, but they just go to the local supermarket and put stuff up. They don't even have their own butcher. They don't think about it. And you, if you have a bad piece of meat, you're never going to have... A terrific meal. Even if you have an okay piece of meat, sure. it's never going to be, no matter what your recipe is, it's never going to, to work out for you. Finding good meat in supermarkets, and I've been there, mm-hmm. because on a Friday, the last thing I want to do as I'm wrapping up my 16 or 18 hour day is bring meat home. Right. <laughs> so I'll travel somewhere and I'm... <laughs> I have to put a disguise on, and I walk into a butcher shop, and I'm and I'm looking around, and I'm like, God, don't you guys have any good quality food, of anything choice or higher? Or, they don't even know what Prime is, and you know, you, it's hard to find a butcher in, in 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 a shop because a lot of the stuff gets cut out west now, and it's prepackaged. They make it look like it was cut in a right. butcher shop, but uh, in a supermarket, but it's usually not. Uh, I know that you're really busy, but honestly, I think a book about what you've done business-wise would be so helpful to Americans because I think it's a fantastic story. And it's almost like one of those flowers that that kind of grows out of the broken sidewalk. It goes to show Americans that this can be done again. I think it's fantastic. It can be done. And, and, and to watch where where we just built a new facility in North Bergen, which is... New York six borough now, right? <laughs> uh, right through the Lincoln Tunnel, and they see all the manufacturing companies there, and all the opportunities there, and they're all vacant. Right. Where did our manufacturing jobs go? How is it that other countries can make product so much cheaper and still ship it halfway across the world? Well, we can't do it here, and I, I, I just think that we can. 
I think that I think the opportunities are there. I think the opportunities there too. And I grew up in a manufacturing town, and none of my friends work in manufacturing now. And I think most men would much rather work in that field than sitting in a cubicle marketing. I think that's one of the reasons that we're kind of depressed as a people. Sure. Is that we're not doing the kind of work that we're really, really good at. Sitting in a cubicle marketing imported products. Yeah, imported products. Uh, Pat, thanks so much for, thanks for having me. Uh, coming by because it's a great story besides the fact that you've got uh, great products. Uh, August 7th, City Field in New York. Uh, Mets are going to be hosting the Marlins. And the original filet steak sandwich is going to be open up. Season two of Meat Men is coming soon on the Food Network. Thanks so much, Pat. It was just a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. A chance to talk to you. That was uh, Pat LaFrieda. I know uh, everybody around the country doesn't know his story, so uh, check out Meat Men if you can. But I really would love for this guy, beyond this stuff of butchering, and everybody loves the grill, and everybody loves a good steak, everybody loves a good burger. But beyond that, I think it's the exact kind of stuff that we talk about in this country of how to fucking fix it again, man. Uh, at Pat LaFrieda on the Twitter for the first responders. We'll put together something nice for you. At Pat LaFrieda. Uh, it's a great, great story all the way around. And I would really love to see a business book out of him. That guy's awesome. He fucking busted his ass and he fucking made it. He's busted. He did bust his ass. He didn't make it, but he's not sliding now. I mean, he's no. still... <laughs> last night, he busted his ass. He hasn't slept. Yeah, and... I think that we get into this stuff. I know I've done it before. As soon as I make some money, I'll lay around in the pool on a float. And I kind of feel like America <laughs> did that for a while. You know, we certainly became much more about how we spent our money and what we did with it and where our vacations went. And we got out of the stuff of the real kind of pride that you can have by having just a great product and... Believe me when I tell you, everybody in New York was shocked when people lined up for Shake Shack because you could get a hamburger in about 5,000 different places in New York. And I'm not even, you know, laying down that number. And people would walk past all those spots and stand in front of uh, Shake Shack. Danny Meyer, by the way, is also a genius. Uh, but... The fact that they worked out this special blend, people were ready to say, I'm ready to wait to eat this great thing. And it wasn't overly expensive. It was more expensive than if you went to um, a fast food joint. But it just goes to show that people do love quality. Um, 
at Pat LaFrieda is the Twitter, and we will um, put something together. Uh, Fez will pick something out of the prize closet. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, we were talking about Gore Vidal uh, passing away uh, last night, kind of an end of an era there. And um, William F. Buckley and him. William F. Buckley would be on the right, and Gore Vidal would be on the left. And those two guys would have these amazing intellectual uh, conversations, arguments, debates, without all the screaming and fucking bumper sticker shit that we get when we turn on the news now. I, I, I just see it as one of those things that it just goes to show that it's another click of the air over, you know. Uh, Buckley was a guy who was also... And he was always a conservative, a conservative at times like during the Vietnam War where a lot of people get mad at him. But you could never say that the guy wasn't a great thinker. He wasn't just yelling the same shit out. It had very little to do with, you know, the religious right. It was really more about how to run the country. We've really taken a couple of steps back here. I think it's harder for the guys to do that now where it's easy to just, you know, say crazy shit. It's easier because we'll put up with it. The fact that we put up with it is what makes it easier. The fact that the audience is willing to put this stuff on and repeat it, uh, I like most things that we get back and talk about, um, and it'll tie back into Pat LaFrieda. If you just show up at the supermarket and you don't care that the steak that you're going to barbecue this is a week old by the time that you throw it on the grill, then that's what you're going to get. There would be no reason for any market to change before they did that. So you have to be the type of person who says, I want better stuff. And guess what? I'm not prepared to uh, put up with a shitty product, period. That's all you got to do. That's all you have to do. Well, people also probably don't, don't know where the good products are also. So. It's going to take a little education and yeah. anything else. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, why should you go through life with your eyes closed to everything? You know, it's the same way when we talk about music. If you just buy whatever Top 40 radio gives you, then that's what they're going to give you. So you've got to look around a little bit. Uh, the same with film. Uh, if you're not willing to drive in a couple extra miles and see the different kind of film, then you're kind of making a vote there, whether you like it or not. You are saying, I don't give a shit what you give me. I don't give a shit one way or another. Uh, you watched those little girls last night on uh, that Olympic team. And those kids, and they're all in their teens, have worked harder to get to that point than you and everyone that you know. <laughs> Forget the fact that they have some amount of talent. They also took that talent and worked it harder. They gave up everything else. Than you can possibly imagine. You can possibly imagine. And that's why when they're standing there getting that, you know, the gold medal last night, you're kind of choked up for these kids because you're like, look what you've been able to accomplish. And then to be able to feel that with the USA thing and that's jump awesome. into it, uh, that was uh, crazy. A lot of people are mad 
that NBC is not running all these things live, that you ended up knowing that the girls won mm -hmm. before they went on TV. Yeah, Twitter's just blowing the fuck up. They're constant. NBC's just getting hammered 24 hours a day, pretty much. For... And yet, you know, you can watch it on apps, you know, if you want to sit around and watch it on your phone for the people who do. But I mind. don't think that, MS, that if they would have ran that thing on MSNBC, I still think they would have the big thing at night. I know I would have rewatched it. Well, it's prime time. I mean, people, that's that's the best time. But you also it. can put it together better with like a little package and you get those mom shots and the music <laughs> and all that. I think that they should be uh, just opening the doors because you can't go online anywhere without saying what Phelps did before. Yeah, just stay away from ESPN.com. It's, no. it's everywhere. Fel well, forget. I mean, it doesn't matter. If, you, if I put on my computer the first place I go, has it on. AOL had it, CNN had it, you name it. Um, the funny thing with Phelps is they took him from being a washed up kind of lazy dog into the greatest Olympian that ever lived in one so race. Funny. It's so nuts how we are. And, the, and right before the winning race, it's like, oh, the greatest. He fucking has heartbroken. He just by 500th of a second or whatever, right yeah. in the butterfly. Uh, it was um, it was really good TV. I don't. I, the peop, some people say I don't get to the Olympics because I don't know all the sports and I don't know everything. It takes you seconds, seconds. Now, big controversy. Uh, we're putting this up on the uh, iBang uh, in badminton, and once again, um, badminton has disgraced themselves. Jesus Christ! What the fuck you, are you people doing? That was the sport of backyard kings. Uh, I know you never played play Batman no, because you never had a ba backyard. No. Anyone who had a backyard in the summer, it was the only sport that you ever saw your mom and dad try to play. <laughs> and my dad would always do a thing where he grabbed it coming down with one hand and hit it. Nice. And then all the kids would yell, you cheated! <laughs> you che if he could get to it or not. That was his thing to drive us crazy. Well, these guys went out, they got suspended for tanking. And so that they could get in a better seed. They could end up an easier thing. Right. But it, you could normally get away with that. But two teams were attempting to tank each other as it was going on. <laughs> so fucking funny. Where it, it took the WWE to uh, a whole new place. Just fucking ripping shots off, just hitting the fucking net. is hysterical. We got so much uh, we want to get to again. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. And uh, give out some prizes because we're going to start and blow out our prize closet. Uh, we've got that to mention, plus, Commenter is going to pick up something nice today, too, oh. off the iBank. Uh, one more time to get in on this for first responders it's at Pat LaFrieda. We will um, break here and be back. By the way, you can get the at Pat LaFrieda over on the iBank Twitter. Uh, we'll be right back with. The, really the beginning of the show, because we've got so much to jump into today. So much crazy shit up on the iBang. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez continues.
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Nine Inch Nails on the playlist today over on the iBang. Let's give out our prize right now for the first responder. Let's head on over and give this out to Thomas Bo Vicroy. He says, I loved hearing a thoughtful guy who was passionate about what he does. Uh, didn't know you before, but I'm a fan now. That's Thomas Bo Vicroy into our prize closet. Pepper Hicks is going to take uh, good care of him today. Uh, lots of stuff up on the iBang. Uh, I think one of the more interesting stories up there, we ran the little girl who more or less shit to bed singing the national anthem as so many great professional singers before her had. We're at a point right now is if you sing the national anthem, be prepared for the blowback to be unbearable. Uh, well, this story tends to be about her family feeling so bad that the Internet is destroying the kid. And it's just an 11-year-old kid, blah, blah, blah. Now I can't even let her go on the Internet. The, here's the weird thing that goes to show how society hasn't caught up with themselves. The people there reacted in, hey, this isn't going all that well, but it's going to be a minute and 30 seconds out of my life, and this is a little kid, and I'll just stand here, and at the end of it, I'll give a nice little applause, and, applause, and then we'll go on with life. The Internet, of course, you don't have the little kid standing in front of you. No. So you tend to, from the privacy of your home, plow that fucking kid and have fun with it. What a fucking loser. But it is the, uh, the weirdness of we kind of have two societies. One, that's real life. Two, that is a virtual society. And even even saying that. Uh, it sounds like Neuromancer, but it's true now. And the rules are different. And people have two different personalities. Uh, it's at least some of them, but some will just well, be straight up assholes. And in real life, when they deal with people in the real fucking flesh, they'll be totally yeah, different. Yeah, I don't know if it's different, but they just uh, use, they uh, express themselves differently. Because the fact of the matter is, all those people in that stadium might have thought that. And some of them may have, may have even went home and fucking tweeted it. But they didn't boo or yell while they were there. I find that interesting. Um, and the other part of it is, is like, what happens now when you put yourself out in America? Um, I'll go over here on the iBang. And uh, one again, once again, Binary Dallas has come back with something uh, great. He says, the parents should be to blame to let her sing in the first place. Sounds like another result of the self-esteem movement where the parents were encouraged to lie to their children. I mean, it's good to support and encourage children, but not to the point where they're positioned for a hard fall. Uh, oddly enough, this comes up in an unmasked with Roseanne who had this happen to her <laughs> and basically um, said that... A lot of kids, like, the reason why she sang so bad is that her parents lied to her. I mean, it comes up, and we cracked up, and she said she would go out, if she was up to her now, she would go out and tell kids that they're not that good. She said her parents also told her that she was pretty so much that she just believed them and didn't understand why 
she wasn't getting all these big parts and attracting uh, people to her. She's pretty. She's beautiful, according to her folks. Um, let's give Binary Dallas uh, something. I'm going to give him the new signed D.L. Ugly book. Nice. Uh, because we're going to start doing something on the iBang when we see the good commenters. Uh, if the editor puts up whatever that little thing is in the corner, I don't know exactly the name of it, but if that goes up, boom, you pick up a prize. So if the editor likes your comment, you're in. Uh, and we will send him, who's been really a great commenter, uh, the new signed Dale Ugly. Um, Steve, in Jersey, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie B. Nice to talk to you. Good. So, to get to your point that you made about the Internet and uh, people making things, uh, getting nasty, kind of, when they wouldn't do it interpersonally. Right. I paint, I paint houses now, but for 22 years, I worked corporate. And one of the reasons that I couldn't take it anymore was the backstabbing that goes on because of email. People just tend to, to get so nasty and cocky in an email. They would never say this shit to your face. Never. It, it becomes, you know, like they be, they just transform because they have a keyboard in front of them. You know, it, it's an interesting uh, thing, and I probably I should even ask the a about that. Because in all the years I've been doing radio, no one has ever come up and said... I don't like you, or I don't like your yeah. show. It just doesn't happen. When you meet people, they don't. The other day, I got a, a nasty email, uh, and I was telling Fez about because email crushes him for whatever reason. And he's also, as you know, he's turned over his email to security before. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about the diver that in England, they have much tougher laws over there. So somebody said to the diver that didn't win the medal, you suck. Uh, your dad would be embarrassed. I guess his dad had died, and I hope I want you to drown or some shit. They came and arrested him in England. Over here, we would just call that a post. But <laughs> the trolls get fucked with yeah. by the cops. The other day, somebody got mad at me and they wrote me an email about the Jerry Jones thing because I didn't let it all play out. You know, we were having fun laughing at Jerry Jones. And he I was, said glory hole. Yeah, and he said glory hole. And maybe there was some context to it. I don't even know. But I just wanted to fuck with Jerry Jones. Uh, so he put it out there. So uh, apparently it was a Cowboys fan. He wrote to me, uh, you don't play the whole thing, which obviously I'm not going to play seven minutes or something anyway. Um, then he wrote back, because um, you want to put your bullshit spin on it. Um why don't you go suck Obama's dick, you fucking faggot? And I'm glad that I don't even pay to listen to you. So I, I fucking throw back something at him. And then he writes back, hey, dude, I was just having a bad day. And it's uh, I've been listening for, for years and haven't left. So I, I get both those responses. I mean, I would never, like, I watch Jon Stewart, and I never think... I disagree with him, or he's having an off show. I'm going to write to him and send, call him a fucking dick. Send him an SC, but I, I, you know, I get the thing of, oh man, I thought there was going to be a better show tonight. I get that. Blue. Yeah, I get that thing of it. But I think my point was, I think his personality is closer to the second thing that he sent to me than the first. I think he thought, I like the Cowboys, and you're being a dick to them, which I was, and I totally get it. But. 
you know, even when I threw back, it's basically the same kind of shit that you do. I made fun of his name because he had bong hit in it. Um, but I don't think that what people express... Fez just came in and farted. Oh, he hasn't talked at all today. We're an hour into it. Oh. He finally came back in the room and sat down and then ripped a fart. That's why I was out of the room. I thought why? I had it under control. Why are you, why are you spraying the mic down? Smell, you, just the smells coming over here. But you think that it's going to somehow shit particles are going to land? Yeah, and then I'm going to be talking in the poop. It's actually one of the best things that you've done on the air in a long, long time. He just comes in. Well, it was to out, the point. An hour into the show, <laughs> sits down and farts. That is his, ladies and gentlemen, here's my theme music. Um, we're going to put the... Um, can I just tell you something? Yeah. I think your layering bed smells now. The Lysol... Doesn't it might kill germs? Yeah, but it doesn't make the room smell any better. So now I got a, a fez disgusting diabetic fart. Yeah, and a Lysol bugs would die from this. This is fresh scent though. By the way, and for anyone who thinks that fez isn't gay, that was the girliest poot that any bearish man yeah. has ever let come out of his ass. What are you eating? It was basically, it sounds like he's been eating flowers. <laughs> and, oh, God, what a fucking bizarre show. I, it's almost like I got chains on me. I kind of think no, no. that I should be called the Houdini of radio because every day I have to fight the chains off and just escape, and that's the show. So you can listen to this program on a daily basis and goes, this today. Ron drowns. Oh Jesus Christ! Or does he somehow pick that lock and and get out of the bottom of the ocean? Um, I saw Opie out front today, and he said uh, this and that. But then he also said, "You might get a little heat." I called it the Ron Show today. <laughs> and then he also said that you know this thing with Big A has really blown out. You know, yeah. has rumbled up. Big A, of course, has done nothing but disrespect Ron and Fez for a long, long time. Scumbag. And it looks like a radio war is brewing. And I'm going to tell you something else. I'm not the ONA producers where I fucking lay down like when Mark Zito comes in and just beats the beats them all up. Rough shot. Yeah. Uh, Big A is not going to be the fucking Mark Zito in my life. You have to stand up to the Mark Zitos in your life. Yeah. Whether you win or lose. Because that's the only way the Mark Zitos are going to respect you. Right. And Big A, he sees himself as a young Mark Zito. Um, I don't know where this is all going, but the radio war is definitely on now. No place good, that's for sure. Uh, let's put this up as a quick question, because it did, um, the Dallas brought it up, but it also did come up, that the way that we treat kids... Is it wrong to tell them they're great at something? Like, I remember I would bring home stuff uh, that I, like, drew or painted in school when I was, like, in first grade. And my mom told me it was fucking great. And then she would put it up on the refrigerator. And as you would, within three weeks, you got a little older and would go, holy shit, that stuff blows. I'm doing, mu I'm making much better butterflies. Take that down, mom. 
And I started to lose the fact that she knew what good was. Uh, my mom was always a, well, she always was a person who demanded that you stand up to the Marxitos. But my grandmother actually said to me about fighting with people, when you're right, you're right. And when you're wrong, you're still right. She did not want us to stop um, fighting with them. And she would say to us as children, find out where their weakness is. Get under that underbelly of theirs and put a shit of in it. Wow. Pull and gut those fuckers. Like All right, go enjoy yourself. Prison advice. Um, Lady Trucker wants to say something to Fess. Sky, Lady Trucker. All right, that's she's good. She's got the same problem with Fez. Those two are so similar. That could be her truck horn. Uh, Excuse me. I think poop came out. I'd like that thing that Fez did. I'd like somebody to check his underpants just to make sure. Because I don't want him sitting in it all day. Um, Fez, throw some Lysol in your pants. Um... Now I am looking over and seeing that Tito's Vodka and Pat LaFrida are both sharing in there. They had a great time on the show and they're loving life. We should do a straight entrepreneurs show sometime. Fucking stay. I love those kind of guys. The guys that do it on their own. They're my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, And maybe what we should do is just see if we can, all of them, to do either a series of books together or a book because America could use it. Um, Let's go over to Ryan in Texas. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, just wanted to comment on the kid issue. I think it's a good thing when kids are younger, they're growing up, give them some confidence, but let's be honest, when you hit around 10, 12 years old, you need to realize that... uh, you know, your stuff doesn't uh, doesn't smell sweet all the time, and that you are full of shit. So that's I true. That we no longer tell Fez that his little fucking poots um, <laughs> really brighten up our life, and he he needs to hear it so that he'll stop sitting in here half shit and then oh. feel like he's put on a great show. Uh, but this little girl was eleven. Here's I think the big difference here: if she would have sang this craziness at her house, fine. But the parents who think She's such a good singer. We need to get her out in front of 20,000 people. Get her an agent. And let them share in this. Because when you move into the spotlight, then criticism is part of that. So if you're just a little, like, if she did this at her school and it went viral, then you could say, all right, uh, Americans are kind of mean. But if she goes on that America's Got Talent contest, right, she's now a professional. If you're a bad actor in your school play, fine. Who cares? It's cute. Everybody's taking stuff. But if you're in a Steven Spielberg movie, do the critics have a right to say, this kid stinks, (laughs) this is a little wooden actor? The answer is yes. That's what happens. Um now, Fez, I remember when your nieces were up here. Uh-huh. Um, they were excited to spend the night to you, with you because of karate. Yes. And explain to us what happens with karate. With karate, it's me and the five-year-old, and she believes she knows legitimate karate moves, and we kind of play fight, chopping and kicking at each other. And you fall down, and yeah. you act like you're hurt. Let me give you a little advice here. The next time you're playing this game with her, 
You take her down fast, you ankle lock, and you keep that pressure on until she taps the fuck out. And then you say to her, if you want to get better, you've got to work at this every day because your karate moves stink. So take her down. Slam her down. Lock that ankle, and the pressure stays on it. She's going to tap. Yeah. Put a little more pressure on it before you let go. Uh, and as she, and then right afterwards, uh, get her elevated, ice, you know, rest. Get her a juice box or whatever those kids fucking drink. Capri but, Sun. What is it? Capri Sun. All right, Capri Sun's a better idea. It's probably a healthier choice. Tasty. Uh, and as she's healing, she can sell it to herself. I can't beat a, a grown man in wrestling. And more importantly, I'm never going to try again. And I'll probably just stay in my house. Uh, I know that my um, family used to... I had an older sister who basically... She was 11 years older than me. So basically I was like a fucking doll that was left under her Christmas tree. That she would feel like I was wearing a great hat. Or I, had, I should sing along with pop songs and stuff like this. I would say that she lied to me. But even today... She would still say that I was good at all these things, that I wasn't. You know what I mean? She just, she just she just thinks, hey, he came around as I was practicing mom, and that was it. It all works out. And she would always tell me, oh, you're so great at that. And I was like this. I really am. I really am great at that. The confidence, though. Um, let's go and read some of the stuff on the iBank. If you want to give us a call, it's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Beth in Alabama says you have to encourage kids to try new things and let them know there is endless options. No one is great at everything. Well, the interesting thing is I remember kids that couldn't play ball, worked at it harder than everybody, and then actually became pretty decent ball players. We also have a thing that if you're not great at it immediately today, you should quit. Yeah. Where most things you really do have to um, work uh, for a while. Sponge Steve says karate sounds like Fez's tickle fight going on pedo. Oh, um, good God. Um, it's karate. Waldo Wall says finger paintings aren't always good. They rarely are. That is true. But there is a thing that... You want your kid to try things and to accomplish things. For some reason in my family, I still can't get over this. They really thought that you needed to color inside the lines and also to take a bold crayon and outlaw, outline all the lines with that new color. And I was just like, I just want to really practice writing curse words. Because <laughs> my mom would sometimes be like this. Uh, who wrote ass with two uh, S's in the wrong direction? <laughs> no idea. I think it came like that. Because I write blue. I was a Terry Southern fan, and I wanted to get it out there. I wanted to shock people with my writing. Um, let's go over to uh, our buddy Charlie. Charlie, what do you got? Hey, what's going on, Ronnie B? Yeah. Hey, I got a chance to watch this uh, baseball show. And it was called the the traveling team championship. So the parents pay all the money to play on these traveling teams, right? Yeah. 
So they put, so they go to a tournament, and you know, all the kids are great, you know, because the parents tell them they pay money for for these for these families. It's a lot of money. For yeah, them. they fly now. Little league kids will fly around the country. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, it is. We thought it we thought it was great if we were in the back of a station wagon or. And this is odd, and you'll never see this. Hey, my dad has a truck. Put the whole team in the back of a pickup. And then we would just uh, be riding down the road that way, and we felt like we're a traveling team. My dad was half in the bag when he drove us around. I mean, he got fucking lit up in my fucking Little League games. And you're bragging about that? Why? Because, hey, man, it's cool times. I didn't even think of that. Hey, man. It's cool times. It's cool times. Um, this. Let's see some of these things. This one says... Fez's mom calls him every night and tells him he's great at radio. I'm going to send her that fart fucking clip. Don't. It happened, Fez. It did. It didn't smell too good either. Um, let's see. I think being a kid, uh, think a kid being enthusiastic about something that they have no business participating in is better than parents pushing kids into something they enjoy, but the kids have no talent for it. You will see a lot of mothers and fathers living through their kids' accomplishments, and that that's a rough one. I mean, I always feel sorry for those kids. And I also feel sorry for this, when they will say, parents will say this, if you join something, you have to complete the season. I'm always like, if the kid gets out there and he stinks, he's really helping the team. By quitting. I mean, there's a lot of guys that you'll play Little League with, and you've got a playoff game coming up, and you'll say to them, dude, we got a big game, and you've been here for us all year. That means if you get the flu this week, I understand. Because they could really help the team, the team. by not having that one Addy. Just staying away could be the best thing that they ever do. Oh, the coach's son on my team was he was the worst and he didn't want to be there and but the, you know, his dad was the coach. His dad was into it and forced him into exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. So yep. Uh the coach's kid on my team was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so I always hear people talk about coaches team. But you know, there's a weird thing because I don't know why you would want to be the coach if your kid stunk. That would be too painful. Yeah. Maybe um, they're just living in a fucking fantasy world. Who knows? Yeah, I would get out of that. I would get out of that quick. Um, and again, there is no reason is uh, that you should think to yourself, I want my kid to do this one thing. You know, what's really best is that to help your kid, like you would for any friend, find a thing that you like to do. You know, don't do something that you don't like to do. Just spend your life that way. Doing things you enjoy seems to be a smart thing to do. Sounds fun. Um, this is Andrew. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hello? Yes, Andrew. Hi, Ron? Yes. Um, I heard you mention me before. Yeah, that's right, big A. Um, I, um, I know... I have no problems with, you know, the Ron show. I mean, the Ron and Fez show. Whoa! Whoa! Found out today you're not so hot, are you, Big A? All I found out is what Opie told me, Big A, and I had to admit I was crushed. Well, well, 
Whoopi's the person who called the Ron show, not me, right? Oh, I thought Whoopi. both of you did, and then you high five. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was Opie. I said that I always, Ron, I always employ you as a comic genius. Oh, that's and, very nice. But see, here's the thing. Yes. I, I have known Opie for a long time, and I can honestly say he does not stir shit. What he tries to do is bring people together. So apparently we do have a problem. A big A. How can we, you know, pass the problem? All right, that's the interesting thing. I'd, I'd be willing to go to therapy. Uh, whether it's with a psychologist or speech therapy. I'll do either one, whatever needs to be done. Um, therapy with Tess or Tess or... Oh, a big A! Laying Fez out. Seems like he's found the Mark Zito in himself. Big A. Big A's found himself an orphan, unwanted uh, oh, by any show on this channel. You know he just lost his parents, dude. Lonely Big A. Why would you do that, man? Well, Fez, dude. at least I don't um, um, cut dishes from parts during the show. Oh! Damn. A big A! Taking Fez down a shot. A big A! Big A that is true. I've never heard Big A fart on the air. It would sound like this. Um, Big A, I would like to get to the bottom of this thing, though. Of course. Yeah. Because I always thought you and I were tight. I always thought that we rolled together. Of course. Of course, we always... We hang out with the cool kids, you know? Yeah, we always were the cool kids. We yeah, were the always. cool kids. We'd sit at our table. We'd make fun of the other tables, you know? Make them feel like shit. Like, what's Cousin Brucey doing? Hanging out with the nerds? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yep. All right, Big A. I'm going right. to... Yeah. Uh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Take care. Peace. A Big A. Well, he shot you down, huh, Fez? Oh, he thinks he did. Thinks he's so cool. Like he's some sort of modern-day Lorenzo Lamas or something. I don't know who that is. I'm not your, not in your bracket. Lorenzo Lamas, I guess, was popular at one point. Yeah, he was a big heartthrob. And he was considered cool? Uh, I, no, I think he thought he was cool. Just like Big A. Well, Big A's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Uh... Hicks, I shut something down off the iBang yesterday that you were dragged into because I didn't understand the the term leaping lizards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As being Liberace's first special, and I go, I don't know what you mean with the word leaping lizards. And then Fez wrote back to me. I checked with Hicks, and he says that he remembers the special. Now, I looked yeah. it up. Yeah. This TV special came out in 1978. Yes, For the record, cool. would you tell me what year you were born? 1983. Okay. So how do you remember a Liberace 
TV special five years before you were born. All right, Fez ran it past me. I didn't want to shoot anything down. <laughs> See, this is the problem <laughs> I that did, we have. I, I don't you, want to shoot down. I don't want to fuck up his confidence. Because this is exactly the fucking conversation that we put out there. I'd be a bad parent. I you're letting, wouldn't. You're letting him put out crazy old lady <laughs> fucking bits rather than just saying Fez, A, I don't know of anyone who's seen a Liberace <laughs> TV special, let alone remembering what the title was, <laughs> and be this is worse than your fart is what should have been said. Look, all right, Liberace is a gay guy from the seventies, right? But he never came out. He's actually like a gay guy from the fifties. Jesus fuck! You know that thing at the seventies had to be at the end of his life. Wow. I mean, he was big, and like my grandmother, my great grandmother would say. You know, Libera Fez acts like we could do this show with a candelabra sitting here, and that would make sense. But why do you say, hand in something crazy, rather than just say to him, man to man, you're crazy? I because say that's why I asked. I, it was basically the question. How could crazy? he know? How could he know? How could he know of an old gay guy that died years before he was born? Because if it was something that was, like, synonymous with Liberace, he knows who Liberace is. How would it be synonymous with Liberace? What did Liberace do? Was he a singer? He was a piano player. Okay. And it was back, like, he was around in the early days of TV when they didn't know how to fill time. Wow. So he was basically like MTV for old ladies. And there was no singing at all. And he would play the piano, and he goes, here's the song. And then he would play the piano, and old ladies would sit and go, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. And now that's what you're doing to Fez. You're telling him he's Hercules, and he's so strong when he's being just fucking batshit crazy. Look, I I send crazy stuff in the eye bang, too. Or you know all about Liberace, and you're changing your story now. I don't know anything about Liberace. I didn't even know what he did. I he did. He just asked, what did Liberace do? <laughs> yeah, like crazy I, I outfits, will tell you this. right? Elton John looked at Liberace and said, that's too gay. That's how fucking gay Liberace was. Damn, Liberace. Um, John, you're on the run of show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, first of all, i got to agree with... Uh... Anthony, one time he said that you were one of the smartest men he ever knew. Well, that's a very kind thing for both of you to say. Yeah, I, I got to agree with him. But you're wrong about the uh, baseball thing and putting the kid out. Well, well we're I, saying I, that I, now. Well, no, when I said it was what you would do when you were a kid. When you were a kid. When you're an adult, obviously, you realize, and you're a coach, you realize that there's more important things than the the game itself, that you could crush a little kid's spirit. But when you're a little kid, you just want to win. Oh, exactly. When I used to, when I coached uh, baseball, I had a little boy that used to play, uh, I used to put him out left field, only to keep him safe from getting hurt. Well, until... He'd always, be, he'd always be the little boy that you'd see out there picking the little flowers out of the grass. Yeah, there's that. Uh, and that one you also teach how to use the scorecard. You're like, you're going to be sitting next to me and helping a lot. And it'll be up to you whether that's an error. Um, all right, thanks, buddy. Uh, let's go over here to Jeff in New Hampshire. You're on the Run of Fez show. 
Yeah, the celebrity interviews on the show are just great, Ron, especially since you stopped taking listeners' calls for them. You know, it's good to keep them all to yourself. Why would I let you on? Why would I let you alone, Radio Shark? Why would I? We've done that before with him, where he's made fucking guests feel bad about themselves. He's a dick. He's a fucking cock. And who's on the phones today? Who is it? That was Catholic Sam. Catholic Sam today, and I hate to do it because you have a spot in my heart, but you get what I call the Fez's Fart of the Day Award. Oh, no. Which is the lowest award anyone can get. And just, yeah, it looks like we're giving out the Fez's Fart of the Day Award. Sam, Catholic Sam is very farty right now. Um, Kevin and Redding, Aaron Runa Fez. Hey, Ron, I just wanted to, to remind Fez that Liberace is so old, Bugs Bunny cartoons used to make fun of him. I wish my brother George were here. We're going to mention, uh, we're going to bring up uh, an unmasked, uh, it looks like we're just locking it in. Yeah. So that'll be announced. Perhaps one of the biggest international comedy stars known to man. I don't know how we've been on this. Just tear of great guests yes, lately, but we have another. It's awesome. It's fucking fantastic. I think Laura locked this one in, huh? Yep. Laura dog. That's what I think of Laura. I laugh. Don't cry. Um, Fez, you talked about your cross-dressing before, and the uh, Wachowski brothers, one of them is now a Wachowski sister, and she changed her name to Lana. But do you remember which one it was before? Because they didn't even used to do a lot of interviews. No. When they were both dudes. That was Larry. So Larry went to Lana. Um, and I got to tell you, she looks great. She looks like the girl from SCTV. <laughs> which, what was that one's name? Um, um, Catherine yeah. O'Hara. O'Hara. Uh, yeah, she does the Chris Guest movies. Uh, put her up just a little bit. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Mana. Are you? I'm Andy. So they asked us to do an introduction to try to explain how this happened. I think. Uh, I think it started as a joke. Uh, why don't we make a movie together? <laughs> <laughs> All right, they're like the Coens, where like when they talk, it's just like to each other and not to the rest of us. But you know, the first Matrix was one of those films. That was just like a leap ahead for me. It changed a lot of fucking. It changed fucking movies. And I'm going to go see this other crazy movie that they got coming out. Cloud Atlas looks fucking amazing. I'm there without and a doubt. It's got to do with reincarnation or karma or people going back and forth. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the same stories being re- yeah being. But redone. with the same people, like we're supposed to believe that in the future. There'll be two other people doing a radio show together poorly, and it'll be us guys. You know what I mean? Like, that will just keep happening throughout time. We will never get out of this fucking drain that we're being sucked down. I wouldn't call it a sucking down drain. Well, I just want to be honest with you, not like you are with Fez. I was just the Liberace thing. I don't want to. I want him to get his stuff out there. If you felt good about the story, let's go with it. Um, now, Fez. 
the transgen is she a transvestite or transgender? She's transgender. No, she did have an operation, and we don't know that. We don't know that. She so what makes you transgender? Because she is undergoing a transition, like you know. But how do we know hormone therapy and stuff? But how do we know that? Well. Lana hasn't given full details of how far it's gone, but did announce like two years ago that she was going to start the medical transition. Oh. Now, how does that fit in with the gays? Well, because the gays kind of embrace them and say you're under the same umbrella. Yeah, it's the T at the end of LGBT. Right. So how does that work? Well, it's, it's again, it's a sexual orientation issue. So I think that that's why it falls under the gay and lesbian bisexual umbrella. Uh, what all falls underneath? That's uh, lesbians, gays, bisexuals, uh, transgender. Um, I believe asexuals are being welcomed in under under the tent, and maybe um, polysexuals, if that's the right word, polyamorous. Um. They said that she has transitioned. This is in the New York Post. So this means that she is, is it legally a woman now? Yeah, yeah, she's legally a woman. But, but again, she's not saying how much she's had done. Well, she says she transitioned. Doesn't that mean something? Well, Chaz Bono tra- transitioned, but was saying that before he actually had any sort of surgery. But so is, a- it, is he a man now? Yeah, he's a man now, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, so, do you become something different once you get there, or what, do you have a different title? As if when the first day you put on a wig, you're different than when you did the surgery, right? Right. You're living. You're living as the sex that you're transitioning to. So yeah, you're automatically going to start going by Miss or Mrs. Okay. Um, here's uh, Bruce. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, good morning, fellas. Um, I, and, and Fezzi, this is uh, one for you. The uh, they've added the Q to your LBGT thing uh, up in Harvard now. The lifestyle coach up there uh, has considered uh, used put queer in there. So you can take that. Uh, we can now use that word whenever we want, since uh, since uh, your group out there has decided to accept that. Now, how is queer different than gay? Oh, I, I have no idea, Ronnie. Yes, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> It's why it's really hard to keep up. It's a very difficult thing to uh, keep up with uh, because it changes all the time. Oh, man. If Lana got his dick cut in half and turned into a pussy, that's fucked up. That's what they do? Yeah, they cut the dick in half and put it inside. So then it's like a pussy pocket that people... Okay, but isn't it just a fucking split dick? I mean, I don't think that you'd ever go down on a woman and be like, this is just like a split dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, think, I don't think that you would think that. I guess that's the best way they can make something for someone I to think have I can sex do better. with. I think I can do better. Oh, they turn I like might the, become a surgeon. They turn like How the, many years uh, work is that? How many years ten, they going to put in? Ten, ten, at least right, 15. I don't have that kind of thing. I'm just going to start and do it on the, on the DL. I'm just going to be like an underground kind of a do-it-yourself indie surgeon. How safe is that? Because you're going to lose a lot of people. I, think you need I believe it's 100% safe, at least for me. 
Yeah. I don't think I'd die doing it. <laughs> That's the problem. But I think I could honestly come out of that and have a really sparkling, fresh vagina for people, not a split dick pushed up inside the body, which can't possibly work. Where's the Pisco? Just anywhere? I think they... Like a spray? I think they set up like a catheter or something. Oh, they redirect. Yeah, and then God. they turn like the cockhead into a clit or some shit. I don't know. I can't do that. That's... I don't even want to do this work now. Yeah. I might th end up throwing up in somebody's split dick. Yeah, you're just... You're, I'm going to be a bad surgeon. You're going to deal with a lot of fucking split open cocks. Ah. And then you're going to be pushing them up into the stomach part. That's Why? See, this is what I don't understand. Why would someone elect to do that? Why not just put on the great fucking pink wig and walk around with a dick in your pants? Or you can get some fake titties. Yeah, and everybody, you're going to meet people that are going to just, like, dig you anyway, you know? Like, getting blown would have to feel better than getting your split dick pussy fucked, right? I, I, would, I would imagine. <laughs> because every day that I become a woman, I'd be like, my fucking dick hurts. Feels like it's been split and pushed up in me. Oh, my God. I don't want anyone to fuck that. What did I do that for? Yeah, you would actually be telling people to stay away from you. Um, Corey, you're on the Run of Fez show. <laughs> yeah, I just had a question for Fez. I was wondering why all non-straight sexual orientations feel that they have to sort of group themselves together. In other words, doesn't it sort of chip away at the, the, the just straight-up gay agenda, which is much more mainstream than polyamorous or transgender? Why, well, why I, I give I I will say this. I'm going to give them credit for not leaving people behind, like the Jews have, where they're just saying, "Hey, we understand you don't have a big group. We've got a big umbrella for everybody. Come on down. Split your dick and hang out with us. Listen, we'll fuck more than marrier. Whatever you want. You know what you ought to do then if you really want a majority? What's that? Add straight people. That would be huge. And all of a sudden you'd be like. 100% of the people in this country suffer from the same thing we do. Some of them people suffer more, like the split dick people. Oh, God. Let me just tell you something about Lana. I don't care what movie she makes, I'm going to be there. I was a fucking speed racer and digging it. I never saw it. It's nuts. It's like a kid's cartoon, but you could do acid at Speed Racer. That sounds now, awesome. Now, I never saw it on TV. I saw it at the theater, and I'm like, I'm wasting my time, but this is fucking mind-blowing. <laughs> Holy shit. And you never hear me liking cartoons or special effects. All right, here's an interesting thing for you, Fess. Now, before this happened, Lana, when he was Larry, he was gay, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. All right, could you be attracted to Lana? Whoa. No, no, I, I personally could, couldn't be attracted to Lana. Could you could you have been attracted to Larry? Yes, yes. But I think feels like that makes you prejudiced. But Lana is a woman now and has a womanly features, and I'm not attracted to that. Lana went and changed, what, uh, you know, her man look, and I'm attracted to the look of a guy. You know, they said that they saw her coming out of Chick-fil-A yesterday. Just fucking eating on a big Chick-fil-A going, this is the greatest day of my life. I'll fuck those gays. Gay, straight, chicken sandwich is good, all right? I'll tell you this. I might go out and get myself a little bit more of the steak sandwich. That flaming on steak sandwich is ridiculous. The original. Thank you, Pat LaFrieda. I like Pat. 
I'm gonna have some fucking Mets games. I want I want Pat and Tito to become best friends. I just want to collect all the people like that who have beat the fucking system. <laughs> and is there a key to it other than busting your ass against all odds, which Americans don't seem to want to do? It's too hard. But hey, man, steak and vodka. Party with those guys every day. It's too. in my locker. Oh, yeah. It's steak and vodka. Oh, yeah. It tastes so good. Oh, yeah. Lock, lick, goes hood. Chichester High School. Uh... Up on the iBank today is the Brian Regan uh, test, and it is a fun one. Love it. And we're going to put some Brian Regan bumps up there, some of his uh, comedy, because he's a funny, funny man. Funny, funny man. Take the quiz. Take the test. So you think you know Brian Regan, and make sure you end up on that you are a champion, so you can hear the fun stuff. Hell yeah. I'm on the fucking loser board. Like a fucking idiot. Uh, up on the iBank today, the Cub fans, he is at Wrigley. He's got his chick with him. And up on the scoreboard there, it has like her name, Will You Marry Me? They pan over to him. His chick was dropping mud when it fucking happened. <laughs> the biggest day of her life. And up. she's taken a major Wrigley Chicago dog deep dish pizza shit. And that's how she's going to remember that day forever. Girl, why shit so much? Because because the guy had to do the big over-the-top, everyone look at me, get engaged. Now she Who takes a shit during a ball game? I've been to a million games and I never thought I need to take a shit right now. She must have really had to go. Do it before you get here, honey. You're fucking ruining the day for everybody. Because you just had to push some poop out. Time yourself. You know what? If you feel that bad... Stay home, because I don't want you coming back in here from the Wrigley bathroom. <laughs> I bet they don't have Lafrida meats there. They got that fucking Chicago, you know, take a snow shovel and get the fucking bad meat off the floor. <laughs> oh, nasty. There is a famous place in Chicago, and I'm not going to say what it is. And I went there to eat the burger because it became famous on television. And I can absolutely tell you. It's the worst burger I ever had in my life. Oh my God. So That's how did they get this reputation? Well, it did not get on a reputation as like on the Food Network. It got on it during a comedy show. But I'm like, I'm going to Chicago. I definitely want to have that. Wants a piece of it. Yeah, because, you know, I love John Belushi. And I'm not giving away any details because they're running a business. But the bread to... Uh, meat ratio was incredibly bad. Okay, talk for that but shit. again, I think they got over because, hey, everybody's seen this on TV. They're going to come in. They're never coming back, so who cares? <laughs> like, I, I'm sure they didn't care that I looked at this thing and went, oh, man, I just wasted a goddamn afternoon here because I'm gone. Uh, Chris, you're on the Run of Fed show. Uh, good point. There's no doubt about it, but I don't see why you can't just do a key bump at your seat. And that way... Well, you really notice. You pay that out quick. You just lean it over, up, you're up, and you're like, you fucking Cubs. <laughs> <Cubs, laughs> Since we're fucking drinks. Woo! Exactly. Exactly. And underneath. Like, here's an overpass. 
Oh, God. Get Mike to go there today. I dare you. Um, Fez, a listener mad at you, sent me this email. How could you not know this? LGBTQ. It does not, the Q is not for queer, it's for questioning. So you get the, like, that means instead of you attacking Mark Zito, you should embrace him. Wow. And every time you yell at him, you have to understand that the, that the Q that Mark is experiencing is part of his journey. journey. Yeah. This whole fucking trek into this. Fucking... Journey to the center of an asshole, I like to say. Oh, you don't like that saying? No. Uh, we got a break here. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to put together a contest. A one-time only collectible. We have something signed that will never be signed again. Holy shit. This is fucking nuts. You'll want to win this one, because I have a feeling that this one could be worth a lot of uh, money down the road. But that, you know, that question is out there, not the queer is out there, like Fez tried to t tell us. It's the Q stands for question. So, so we can't use the word queer unless we do it in a chant like we're here. We're queer. We will not disappear. Thank you. Thank you. Fez, you flying the rainbow flag at half-mast today for Gore Vidal? Um, I, I wasn't aware until today that Gore Vidal was gay. Oh, God. What? What? Really? I knew that as a little kid. All right. We're going to break here. We'll be back. Uh, a big prize, one-in-a-lifetime collectible, and you'll get all the details. It's the Ron Fez Show. And the sky was made of amethyst. And all the stars are just like little fish. You should learn when to go. It's a little Courtney Hole, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Courtney Love, uh, back in the news for her Twitter. Sometimes she actually quits Twitter because it gets her in trouble, and yet she always ends up back on there. Yeah, she loses her shit. Sometimes about saying that uh, Dave Grohl was trying to bang her daughter. And Yes, and then she's like, I got to go off Twitter. I've made some mistakes, and then all of a sudden you hear about her being in trouble on Twitter again. Great. This time, little Lana Del Rey uh, did a cover of Heart Shaped Box, which uh, Hicks is uh, over-the-top hipster fucking generation, just beloves this girl. Oh, yeah, she's the hot shit. Uh, and then Courtney Love tweeted to her, what exactly did she say? At Lana Del Rey. 
You do know the song is about my vagina, right? <laughs> Throw down your umbilical noose so I can climb right back home. How does that make sense? I'm not. And then she, uh, then on top of which, some of the lyrics about my vagina, my vagina, I contributed. <laughs> my vagina. <laughs> um. Listen, she just have to throw in that she contributed. Come on, it's Kurt's song. Come on, Courtney. Jesus Christ. And Kurt isn't here. Yeah. She's getting I, all the rights to the money anyway. Yeah, what more do you want? Oh, and by the way, who wrote your fucking first album? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like your other albums. You didn't contribute shit to your own fucking band. When you remember the shitty stuff she started doing when she was hanging out with, um, um, I forget who the fuck it was. She had two. Oh, for a little while she was hanging with the Nine Inch Nails guys. All right. And then she was with Smashing Pumpkin guy, and that sounded like a Smashing Pumpkin album that she did. Yeah, these these guys just say, I guess I'll bang Courtney Love. Yeah, you want some And songs? yet, can I tell you something? We're better off with Courtney Love because she keeps us entertained. There is a times like she is that person that even if you hate her, you kind of love to hate her. She's fun. So She's you awesome. can just, what the fuck is Courtney Love talking about? What kind of shit is Courtney Love talking about? And then she's also perfect to point out that it's impossible to OD. Or she would have done it already. She's fucking hardcore. In Courtney Love um, speaking of which... There was something I saw on New York uh, television this morning where I woke up where they were petrified about Home Alone Kid that they said that he has lost his shit ever since his career and girlfriend left him. I don't think the, it was the career. It's all the girlfriend, dude. It's, yeah, because his career wasn't around during the girlfriend time. But he had Mila Kunis, so whatever. This fucking works out. Uh, it's got to be tough when you go to... From Mila Kunitz to dating again. <laughs> now, there's a smart move that you can make of be the girl who did the same thing Mila Kunitz did. Let me do for you what I do did for her. Uh, but he feels like he could never get it back again. No, he's fucking shot. And Ashton Kutcher stole him, stole her away from him. And actually, no, probably Black Swan is what fucking ruined the as soon as that shit came I've out. I've never seen you be gossipy before. This That's is right. interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're like Fez right now, where you suddenly care about people's personal lives. <laughs> After that Black Swan fucking thing blew her career up, it was over. They broke up immediately. See, I think her career was was kind of before that. Well, she was known for that '70s show, and then uh, doing the voice on Family Guy. Yeah, but then like the I think. But the, she was doing some romantic comedy movies. She was forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? She was. Yeah, in she that. was in that. She was stunning in that, and things were working. And the Black Swan. At least there was Oscar talk, even though she didn't get nominated. Exactly. Which, why should she have? I don't know. She went down Nellie Portman. That was pretty good. Yeah, I know, but that's not what they uh, nominate people for. Prudes. I saw that Hard Rock Johnny had called in and then hung up. Come on. So I don't know exactly what happened. Hope he's all right. You don't think he fainted while he was calling in? I'm sh I hope he had his fucking thimble full of food today. Are we ready to announce the unmask that we just found out about moments ago? Because it's going to happen next week, right? Yep, next week. Um, this is an interesting one because Fez thought he had this last year. <laughs> and you worked on it, you said, for three weeks yep. every single day. And then Laura just said to me in the hall... What Fez couldn't do in three weeks, it took me two minutes to pull off. Oh. And then she put up for a high five. And I said, I'm going to leave you hanging. And then she said, 
Do you want me to cancel this? So yeah. I had to do a submissive high five on behalf of the Ron and Fez show. She pulled that fucking card. Yeah. And then she said, uh, anything that you, uh, yeah, we're cool. Anything that you ever need done, bypass Fez and come directly to me. She says, unless you need somebody to fart into a microphone, I won't do that. And I shan't do that. That story is certainly getting around the hallways now. Well, it was on the airwaves. Yeah. So that'll happen. Fez, how come you think Laura could pull off something in two minutes that you couldn't in, in three weeks? As a matter of fact... Maybe it was all my priming last year. That's funny, because how come you said this will never happen when it first came up? Why can't you be honest? This is the place to be honest. I'm honest when I said I'd make a fantastic fucking surgeon creating the perfect vagina for people. But she didn't go to school for it, so you're probably going yeah, pre- to... You're going to kill people on the I table. didn't go to school for radio either, and I made a fucking living doing that. I know, but it's a lot of fucking... You gotta, can you work a scalpel and find organs and I, Hold shit? on, I just want to make sure that yeah. I'm getting where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying yeah. that being a surgeon yeah. is harder than hosting three radio shows. Fuck you for insulting me. Hosting three radio shows is very oh, difficult. Oh, yeah. by the way, yes. you shall not be coming to this unmasked. And... I'll just say good news to Catholic Sam. You're passing your Fez Fart fucking award oh, over to Hicks. Bullshit. Because you farted on me. I ain't farting. I'm just saying. You hurt my feelings in a way I've never been hurt before. Being a surgeon is fucking real serious shit. I mean, you're going to fucking feel like... Doing fucking... three radio shows is real serious shit. I know shit. that. This is fucking... I guarantee you, you take any surgeon, they can't do three radio shows. No, they fuck it up. But... Any guy who does three radio shows can easily go in and do an operation. I'll fucking YouTube it first. Christina, Long Island, you're in my fez. Hey, you guys are talking about Mila. She was also in that movie with Denzel Washington, uh, The Book of Eli, where he traveled. It was like the end of the world, and he traveled across the country. He found her in a little town or something like that. The weird thing is I had the directors on the show, but Mr. Fucking Surgeon Lover forgot all about that while he was praising the (laughs) fact of what every, every surgeon can do. You know what? Yeah. Why don't you fucking uh, start watching? I think it's called New York Met or something like some crazy thing about um, the hospital right around the corner from me. Oh, shit. It's about the ER? <sighs> it's about everything in the place. I can't watch it because they open hearts up and stuff, and I only work on vaginas. Well, it becomes a vagina. I go from dick to vagina very, very quickly. You really want to cut a dick in half? Like, well, I'm going like... to let you try to get out of this and right. try to come back and be on our side. Right. I'm going to let you announce the unmask, but do it in a way that shows some pride. Self-pride, show pride, satellite company pride. All right. Coming up this Tuesday, August 7th. Today's Tuesday. Next Tuesday, August 7th. Today's Wednesday. I was just trusting you. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Next Tuesday... August 7th, we'll be having an Unmasked with Mr. Russell Peters. Gigantic stand-up star, just blown up. Well, all over the world, too. I mean, he actually draws in weird places, right? Yeah, he'll, like he'll go over. in what? Asia and Australia and Europe. He's everywhere. everywhere. People just fucking love him. They just flock How does him. somebody pull that off, though? How do you get like a following in some of those places? Fucking crazy internet presence. Crazy internet presence. Just, they fucking love them. Tell me a surgeon has a crazy internet fucking presence. Uh, By the way, 
Yeah. I hope you're enjoying your time sitting in Fez's fart chair. I feel farty and I smell a little bit. All the all the, the why does he over there? Why does he insist on switching out where he can let cobwebs go over the replay when he knows how crazy that makes me? It makes me insane. Um, here is our buddy finally called back, Hard Rock Johnny. Hello, Johnny. Hello, boys. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say there was a, a little bit of a Ron and Fez slash Interrobang spy sighting uh, at the Bruce show last night. There's a picture of Bruce holding up a sign that has the Interrobang logo on it on stage after he played his longest show to date. Now, was he saying he was confused? No, he was holding up a sign and it said, uh, hold on, I tweeted it earlier and it was, uh, it was just saying that, you know, the fans kind of tweet, put the sign out there because, you know, Bruce loves signs all of a sudden. Why and, is that? Uh, What's happened with him and his sign thing? It's, it's the jukebox. You know, they, they like to be the, the digital jukebox guys. Um, they, they play them and it's, it's kind of, it's, uh, Four hours. Oh, yeah. Four hours now, and there's the little sign with the Interrobang logo. Yeah, he, I didn't, he's not even supposed to be doing this, but apparently he's going to do something very, very big with the Interrobang, very, very, it's going to be the first Interrobang Presents concert. Wow. Um, Hicks won't be coming to it. Why can't I come? You know why. You'll be fucking uh, chasing surgeons around, asking them if you can get them to sign your fucking surgery card. I don't have a search card. Somebody tells me that's not the first time Hicks has yelled, Why can't I come? Because <laughs> of whiskey dick, you fucking drunk. <laughs> How often do you suffer from whiskey dick? No, not that often at all. Every night? I drink four nights a week, and I stick to that. And one of those nights is Sunday night, so you can come in here drunk. <laughs> it's not always Sunday, but some, sometimes, you know, it, it creeps up on you. Let me Why tell you, you, I'm not drinking on school nights. When you set yourself up and say I drink four nights a week and that's yeah, all, yeah. that's what alcoholics do. I don't know. I know. No. I'm, I happen to know quite a bit about it. Regular people don't have to set up things for themselves. I think four nights is fair. Um, it's not overkill. I don't know who Swiss is, but I guess we've got a spy report here. This one's going to rock uh, Johnny. Spy report. Uh -oh. Spy report. Swish and Elisa Keys got into an anniversary car accident. Oh, no. Swiss Beats. Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't know who any of these people are. Swiss Beats is a uh, producer. Right? What happened? I was going to get the youth culture. It was going to come in and give me a test. It's coming. They got the test. Well, why don't we go back and promoting fucking Russell Peters for five seconds? That's Russell Peters next Tuesday, August 7th. You realize that you said August? What? I thought I said August. August. You just said it August. again. I feel like I'm going crazy. Johnny, did you enjoy the four-hour show? I wasn't there, but it would have. I mean, I, you know, well, I don't know if I'd enjoy a four-hour show. You shut down after two and a half hours? I think it's too long. He, uh, In fact, he, he, they just uh, said that Bruce will not play, and he said this, shows that long here in the States because the American crowd is a little different than the European crowd. They say he says that we can't handle it. Yeah, he's basically said that the American crowds could not handle a four plus hour show, which that's a long time. I mean, I, I'm a Bruce fan, and I could go, and I, I just don't know about four hours of anything. But what if he played Tenth Avenue Freeze Out thirteen times in a row? That no. I would fucking go for. Maybe Jungle Land a bunch of times. Beneath the city. 
They haven't uh, done that since uh, the death of Clarence. They have well, they can't. That out on the tour. They can't. They, they need somebody to play that note. I know. It's that's. Uh, I, I honestly, I've you know, I've been to a bunch of Bruce shows, and I would have to say that one of the highlights of any concerts I've ever been to is watching Clarence in that like two and a half, three minute solo on that. On that beautiful you imagine how that makes song. Bruce fucking feel after he works four hours and someone makes up the fact that Clarence did two, three minutes of work? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a good two, three minutes. I mean, the, you, know. you know, the vibe manager was uh, bringing up to me about outrageous pop stars. We have that up right now on the iBang. In your lifetime, Johnny, who was the most outrageous of them all for you? I, you know, I, I was looking at that yesterday, and I guess you look at the current thing with, you know, Lady Gaga obviously was, is the newer one, but I, I really like going back to some of that crazy-ass stuff with, like, uh, what's her name? Grace Jones was kind of just insane with some of the stuff she used to whip out. Yeah, uh, she was pretty nuts. You know, um, and it's a different time back then. You know, now I think people expect a little, uh, you know, they, they're used to seeing a lot more like that, but I, I think back then was a different kind of society, and people were probably a little scared of the outrageousness of her at that point. They were. They were scared, and also because she was physically intimidating. But for me, you had to look at Bowie, who I think nobody would be doing any of it without Bowie. Um, But then after that, uh, if you just look at Bootsy Collins, whose pictures are up there, that's some of the funniest shit ever. The Bootsy stuff is tremendous. I mean, looking at him in, like, the cheetah outfits and, and, like, you know, the hats were always his big thing. And the cool, he had the coolest guitars, too. I mean, you know, he'd even make his instrument part of the outfit, like the star guitar and stuff like that. I mean, it was, you know, just kind of amazing. Now, I would actually argue this. I think the costumes hurt Elton John. I think he (laughs) fucked up. I think that he stopped being thought of as a serious singer-songwriter and just being seen, because his stuff, like, where you look at Bootsy, it fit the music. If you look at Bowie, it fit the music. But how do you dress up like a duck and then sing <laughs> your song? I think it fucking hurt him. And I think That's... he came off less like those other guys, and more like a Macy's Day uh, parade float. <laughs> I, I think you're right. And I could almost say the same thing for, you know, for CeeLo. is kind of get a little bit weird as well. Um, you know, like the outfits that he comes out in sometimes. But that, that duck outfit, I mean, why in the world would any anyone dress up like that unless you're working at Disney or something? Now, CeeLo doesn't it. do the gimmick anymore, does he, Chris? Uh, I know when Norris Barkley broke, and I would, every time they were on TV, watch to laugh at whatever costume they came out with. That's where it peaked. He'll still bust out wacky clothing, but it's just it's his clothing. It's not a costume, you know? Yeah, when they did the Clockwork Orange thing, I thought was just absolutely fucking hysterical, and the Star Wars shit I thought was really funny. It's good stuff. But again, did it fit the music? <laughs> you know, it didn't no. seem to help the music that, at all. That was definitely old Gnarls Barkley, not uh, Mouse. Uh, this is up on the iBank today, outrageous uh, pop stars. Well, he he came out with it at the Grammys in that feathery red outfit that looked like he was looked like Elmo a little bit, like like so he still does it a little bit here and there, and it just it's, it doesn't fit the music. You're right, it's just weird. Um, Lavelle was that was like for me those were like the first pro lesbian thing that I ever saw going down. They were pretty fucking freaky. 
Um, that was in the 70s. Of course, Cher is up there, but her stuff almost felt like it was too expensive to me. I mean, the Bob Mackie aspect of it, where, again, it's more like costuming than about music. Yeah, hers was total costume. I mean, those things are getting sold still. She she does auctions all the time, and those those outfits get sold for outrageous amounts of well, money. Well, you're losing enough weight that you can probably get into one now. <laughs> I'm thinking I like the Indian one in, that you have the picture of. Sure. I'd love to rock a cool headdress like that. Now, the Lady Gaga meat dress, all that kind of stuff. It's just weirdness. Are you into this at all? I don't, I don't like it. I mean, when she can't, I can't remember what award show was, but she came like an egg embryo or whatever. I thought that was just <laughs> stupid. Everybody laughed their ass off at that, though. And then the fucking meat dress. The meat dresses should not be able to beat. I mean, you can't beat meat dress. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd, I'd have trouble with it because I'd try to eat it as I was walking I, I was nervous that Pat Lafreda was going to come in dressed like that today. <laughs> now, Johnny, you won't do business with Pat Lafreda, right? Uh, that's not true. We uh, are, I believe, NYY Steak, which is uh, part of our little umbrella here at Hard Rock, which is at Yankee Stadium, uses uh, uses Pat for some of our steaks. How's that stuff? How's that place doing? It does well. It does really well. We just yeah. announced we're going to be opening up a three hundred and some odd seat NYY Steak right here in Midtown in uh, twenty thirteen. Right at the Maybe March, April time we'll be opening uh, right in Midtown. What are you saying? A big uh, kind of opening night party? Uh, probably something right. that would happen. I would I'll think it would probably be a big party. You'll be you. Uh, well, listen. I will put the invite out there. Whether you get the invite from Pepper, look, Johnny, another story. Look, he'll get the That's invite. a really good point, Farty fucking Junior. Because you're sitting in a fart chair. I know. I'm fucking bathing a fart right now. What is his thing to fart in the chair and then make you switch with him? <laughs> Is it, is I've it never just, even heard of that before. Maybe it's because oh, revenge on the Liberace thing from last night. <laughs> maybe he just wants me to. Send I don't understand how it became your fault. That's what. <laughs> that now I know that you were a beaten child. When it's somehow your responsibility, and if you notice, because I sent you the emails because I was dying, that he put it on you. Like I don't know, fucking Chris was a fuck up, yeah. and had me do this. What is she dressed as there in that picture? I don't know, she, but she has fucking lace over her grill piece, and she has a uh, some sort of red crown. It either looks like she's in bloody lace or ragu sauce. Do you like her, Fez? I love Lady Gaga. Based on just that she's pro-gay? Yeah, yeah, just okay. on her stances and stuff. That's not how I normally pick. A, that's how I would pick a, a politician, <laughs> but not a musician. She should run. I actually have been in arguments about people with her because I think... When she sits down and plays the piano and sings, I think she's great. But the Madonna, watered down, we've got eight dancers, I think is fucking not so great. She her, loves her that piano shit. Stuff, her just voice and all, I mean, she actually is a performer. She just does too much of the performance art piece, I think, is what kind of gets Yeah, her. and I guess because it sells, you know. It's just like yeah. Team Jenny over there. What do I got to do to get over? She was just well, telling me in the hall. She said, I would do anything to be famous. Sex tape wouldn't matter to me. Reality show, really? Nickelodeon. I've got to be famous. And she's going to drag <laughs> those interns into this fucked up weird world. One of our interns said something mean about her on Instagram, and they tried to stop me about it. I'm like, I can't. I don't even know what Instagram is. I'm doing a youth culture <laughs> fucking refresher course. What are we even uh, calling it, Hicks? I call it something different every time. It's a youth, it's a youth culture quiz. 
Yeah, I can't do a quiz because what I want is flashcards. They have flashcards. They have them in there. And I got to understand who people are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> there's some terms. There's there's fucking trends. All right, these things are up on the Interbank. You can go over and pick your favorite. A lot of great pictures, though. A lot of great stuff. And this is, you know, this is Johnny's life because <laughs> any one of these costumes would probably be a steal for you, right, Johnny? Oh, absolutely. We have actually a couple of, uh, we have a really good Elton John one here, actually. In, uh, what, in what was the Elton one? Uh, it's like, he's like a major domo, like he's the band leader. It's kind of crazy looking. And we have another one at the Yankee Stadium, Hard Rock, that's a, um, it's his, uh, it's a, he was dressed as the Statue of Liberty for a New York concert. He, uh, um, he goes out of his way. He goes out of his way to be nutty. He, yeah, he does. I think it's a little bit much. Well, we'll all cry when he dies, so, you know, enjoy him now while you have the opportunity. I know Muse said that they, owe, they owed him a big thanks for getting him into the stupid uh, opening uh, Olympic things or whatever the fuck they were doing. All right. So he's still involved on a daily basis. All right, Johnny, thanks so much, my right, friend. boys. Talk to you. Peace. There's no way that I'm going to be able to keep Johnny out of that fucking football uh, thing of ours because I got to go to the party at all costs. All right. I got to be there. So Johnny's no longer on the bubble. He's in? If he's in, then you're on the bubble. Oh. I'm sorry. You don't understand how bad you hurt me today. And you've never hurt my fucking feelings before. I'm used to this passive-aggressive bastard over here. Cost me two big ones yesterday. I'm used to Pips spreading rumors about me. Pips. I know the interns are like, let's make Ron look like a, like a dick with our use culture thing. But you? All I'm saying. Fredo, I know it was you when you broke my heart. I'm no Fredo. <laughs> Cutting a dick in half. I mean, like, you could be anesthesia. The fact that you're still explaining that it's something you think that I can't do hurts. I know I could be a surgeon. In my heart. I know if they just give me one fucking thing, I can prove myself. But I thought that that would be enough to carry you. I don't think you would make me prove myself to you. I don't want you to have blood in your hands. Well, if you lose a dude, and then it's like probably going to be a murder charge. I'm not going to fucking lose anyone. Matter of fact, I'm going to make him into a beautiful woman with a perfect vagina. A vagina that could whistle. Damn, that's a tight vagina. That's right. Her dick vagina. You're not even going to be able to find the dick in that vagina once I do reconstruction. Wow. That's fucking really... You, I'll fucking actually. put it up against any other vagina. I'll just say, if you pick it, I'll give you $1,000. I'll put up 10 vaginas. If you find the one that used to be a dick, $1,000. And that'll be my show. Maybe I'll have uh, Jenny Hutt host it for me. Though she's dying to get famous. Oh, yeah. She'd love that. She said... You know who she's most jealous of right now? Who's that? The Joker. She's like, why didn't I think of something like this? I could be in the fucking papers. The fucking murderer. Famous. She's fucking fine. Do a bid then. Disgusting. Fucking outrageous. Well, I've been uh, pulled away from what I want to do. I want to uh, do a big prize here. I'm being pulled back into it now, which is nice. Um, yesterday we were talking about this. John, Jonah Lair, 
stepped down with his, from his position from the New Yorker, and um, he admitted to fabricating Bob Dylan quotes. We have a signed copy of his book. Um, did we only put him on the weekend show? He was only on the week- uh, No, he he played he played here. I know we didn't put him up online because he was my biggest problem with him. It wasn't so much about the Dylan stuff. I don't like a guy who, during their interview, just starts to quote their book. That drives me nuts. And maybe they can do get away with that when most people don't read their book. But I'm like, why did you just come here to basically do your book word for word? Why don't you just fucking have a conversation? But I said in my head, I don't want to fucking... But I have to tell you this. Even though the guy was wrong, I feel bad for him. I hate to see people torn down like this. Oh, a young guy like this. Railroaded. He's getting fucking killed. And I wasn't crazy about his book uh, because I feel like he, he's like one of those Malcolm Gladwells where I don't think that they asked bad questions. It's the leap that they take to here's the answer. Like sometimes I just want to put questions out there and think about it for a while. You don't have to immediately come up with an answer. Like we did a bit last week. How come we love violent movies so much? Yeah. I don't have the answer to that. I know I love them. They're fun. I know I would sit down and watch a fucking gangster movie uh, before I would watch like most comedies. I laugh harder at Goodfellas than I will any Ben Stiller movie. That's not an insult to Ben Stiller, but I just think that the jokes inside that kind of violence are much funnier. But, again, I ask that question. doesn't mean I have to get the answer. These guys, they ask the question and then try to come up a paragraph later with an easy answer to a complex problem. Well, here's the deal. We have a signed copy of his book. This is a collector's item because they pulled the book, and obviously this man's never going to sign another fucking copy. Fuck no. I mean, this... This is a scarlet letter. Like, he doesn't want anything to see this fucking book ever again. This would be uh, better than if he got hit by a truck for a collector because the book would still be out there. Here now, they're making the book disappear. Ah, it's gone. Oh, but we got a copy. Um, And it's for the best what was the kind of misquote. In I imagine from Bob Dylan, uh, my favorite, and it kind of when I was reading it, I'm like it kind of put up a red flag, but I didn't really yeah. go after it. But it was when he quoted Dylan as saying, "My balls, your mouth," and I'm like, "That's odd." That's yeah. I don't remember him saying that. When or where would he have said that? He said he said it, and then no one else heard him. He said he whispered to him. Oh, just, just Jonah. Yeah, he just whispered it to Jonah. No one else had the opportunity to hear it. But when Dylan said, my balls, your mouth. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Your opportunity to win. You can call in and win. Or go over to the iBang. Uh, we have just have it basically set up under win a big prize. Come on, big time. Win a big prize. Fez, wasn't there? I remember you saying to me mm-hmm. the day you 
pulled me aside. Right. I remember, and, and you just said to me, there's something in this book that doesn't ring true to me. Something that he said, Dylan said, and I guess that you had somewhat of an expertise in that, but you didn't like, you didn't think Dylan would have said it. Right. What was that? It was, stay, lady, stay. All right, that... Uh, Where it didn't sound... Something about it sounded incorrect. All right. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, that's the way you can win today. Uh, Sponge Steve said the quote that he didn't like was all the color girls say, do, 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 on my leg. Mm. That was weird, too. That was odd, why didn't I fucking snap down on that? Why didn't I say to him, Jonah, we could stop this now if you just tell me the truth. Stop living a lie. Because Rob Cross told, taught me that. You say, just tell me, and then I'll protect you. And then the fucking sellout takes place. So why didn't I do something that... Chris, here's a weird thing. And I remember with you... You would pass me a note. It yeah. was during the interview, mm -hmm. something that he had quoted uh, Dylan as saying. And, you know, oddly, you know, you can't win for this. But it's too bad because it was a very, very um, strange uh, thing that he said. What was it? Yeah, it was where he said Dylan told him that he should have gotten the Beatles high on bath salts. All right. Pot. Now, here's the reason why that was weird. Bath salts. Who was fucking doing bath salts back in those days? That shit didn't exist. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, uh, Here's one of Gunner put up. Even Mona Lisa liked Daniel. You could tell by the way she smiled. Right. Now, I don't think Dylan ever said that. Um, it's raunchy. Here's something Stephen Tampa came up with, and this was in the book. And I read it and accepted it. Now I feel like an idiot. But the Dylan quote was, Gold Bond medicated powder is like a tic-tac for my nutsack. That was kind of fucking weird. Let's go over here to Brian. Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I thought it was strange that Dylan was referencing cheese up and hose down. Why would he have said that? You know what I mean? Why would he have said cheese up? Huh. Weird. Weird. It's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Steve, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, he was quoted as saying, wow, mixed cock was a lot bigger in person. Weird. Uh, I'm looking up here in the iBang. Um, this, uh, apparently in the book it says... First, fuck off your bitch and the click you claim. West side when we ride some equipped with game. Another one, Chip came up with this when he said, Michelle Obama has a nice cunty. I know. He didn't say that. Um, here's another one. Liz says, Fire read this. You can't eat applesauce for breakfast. You can't sleep with it. You'd have to fart yourself awake. Um, that reminds me. Here's another one that came in. Oh. We sh this should have been something that we saw. Rum sluts. When <laughs> Dylan said rum sluts, uh, another one popped up here. When Dylan's quote was, Dr. King, come out on the deck. Now, 
That was early morning April 4 when the shot rang out in the Memphis sky. Yeah. Free at last, they took your life. They could not take your pride. So I don't think Dylan was... Bono might have been there for that. Dylan wasn't there. Um, face up, uh, face down, ass up. That's the way I like to fuck. I don't see that as being it. Um, here's one that says, Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, shut the fuck up. Right. I don't think Dylan said it. Uh, Moses, six pills, you're on Run Fez. Yeah, when Dylan said, I love my bitches, wear my hose. Uh, Kirk, what did what was the Dylan misquote? That when he just said, we're here, we're queer, we will not disappear, this is Ron and Fez. All right, now there was another part, what pie found this, and it was supposedly that he brought this up, like, during a concert, but that he ever said, the next one is dedicated to the death of Israel. Oh. I don't think he ever said this. This came up from Liz. My favorite month is August. I know for a fact that All right. uh, Hicks, the man who loves Liberace, and thank God for Fez for outing him for that, yes. and you can always be trusted to take care of the people who look out for you, Fez. Um, this one, Jizbulk, it says, my favorite lyric is Highway 51, sprayed my ass with hose in the driveway. I don't think so. Uh, Nikki said that he's, he claimed in the book, I lip sync like Britney Spears. Um, hey, Levon and Robbie, you went on this train? Um, Ryan said that he said blueberries are not a standalone, um, standalone fruit. Bruce, in Louisiana, you're on the Run of Fez show. Let's try it again. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah, I was kind of thrown when he said I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. I thought it was so profound. Tony, what do you got? Hey, I think it was chapter three when I read the book where he said when he Malcolm X and he said, oh, shizzle, my nizzle. That's when I pretty much threw the book away. Scott, in Atlanta, you're on Fez. Uh Yeah, Tangled Up in Blue is actually about Courtney Love's vagina, and she wrote the second verse. That is weird, and I don't think it's true. I mean... What I imagine was such a fine book. We've got maybe the only signed copy that you can get out there. Yeah. Believe me when I tell you, this is one you can sit on it, hopefully till the guy makes a comeback, or get rid of it on eBay now and let somebody else worry about that. Some of that cash. Get yourself a little of that green stuff, you know? Yeah. Enjoy. Um. Here's one from Ray that said, the ducks are in the water, lady. I don't think Dylan said that because he wasn't there when the, when the duck accident happened. And then even if he did, why put it in the book? This is, uh, another, this is another one that says, this one time, me and Donnie Depp were in the south of France. That sounds like Chris Stanley. <laughs> um, Jason, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's going on, guys? I really thought the book was full of crap when they mentioned him converting to Islam and espousing the notion that every infidel must get stoned. Interesting. Didn't say it, though. Andy, you're on what it says. Uh, I thought it was weird when he said, I wrote every song the Wallflowers ever performed. I pretty much tell you he didn't. <laughs> All you got to do is listen. Thomas, you're on the Run of show. I've read that he walked up and just said, pretty pert, pretty pert. <laughs> 
Boy, this is an embarrassing show. Uh, cigars and Scotch. Hey, what do you? He yeah. never said. How does it feel to be on your own with a panettone like a complete gavon? See, that's too Italian for him. He's not that Italian. He's Jewish. Eight six six. Run zero fez. John in Miami. What uh, tipped you off that the book might have been false? See, I don't think he would have. Uh, Jeff, you're on Run and Fez show. Wait, I actually met the guy. Believe it or not, he was sucking on a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze. Um, weird. Uh, here's uh, Jeff from Huntington said that in the book it says Reuben Carter did it. I just want to be popular with the blacks. Um, that would be weird. Dwayne, you're on the Run and Fez show. Yeah, I thought it was pretty strange when Dylan said he didn't believe in abortion until he heard a Wallflowers album. See, people get very, very cruel about the Wallflowers. Come on, man. But they were a fine young band. I still think of them as young, even though that album's like 15 years old. Yeah, it's, they had a big hit. A six Avenue heartache. Um, Frank, you're on the Run and Fez show. Let's move over here, Chris. Chris, you're on Run and Fez. Right, I knew something was wrong when he misquoted Dylan as saying, Chris, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, I put the book down when I saw uh, niggas grab your dicks if you love hip-hop, bitches grab your titties if you love Bob Dylan. See, that's a whole different musical genre. It's actually a different musical genre. He never crossed over like that, at least in the... Not yet. All right. He will. That's exciting. Chris, you're on the Run Fez show. Yeah, I thought it was strange where he would come out in the book and say, where's all the white women at? That's odd. That was odd. Right there in the audience, Bob. Yeah, they're there to see you. <laughs> they adore you. Come on, feel good. Thanks for straightening that out. It's all perfect now. Phenomenal. Give me a pound. We did it. Time well spent. Um, let's go over to Dino. Dino, you're on the Run and Fez show. I think Dylan was misquoted when he said he came up with the line, where's the beef? See, I don't... I know that line was out there. I don't think it was Bob Dylan's. Uh, I'm just going to go over here to somebody called Line 7. You're on the Run and Fez show. Uh, I believe Bob Dylan was quoted as saying, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Now, I thought that that was Kramer. No, no, it was actually Bob Dylan first. Weird. He's heading back. He's heading back. Um, Maybe should get out of the fart chair now. Yeah, get out and stay out. <laughs> get out of the F-fucking-C and stay <laughs> out of there. Uh, Scrotum Phillips said that in the book it said Joan Baez had a pussy that looked like the top of my head. I don't think he did that. He's not going to talk about her like that. Yeah. Come on, Jonah. Who do you think you're fooling? Uh, Mike, you're on the Run and Fez show. How about a little odd when he claimed that he was the one, in fact, that roofied a mouth fucked the D-man? See, I would be surprised. Um, and let's go over here to Adam. Adam, you're on Run and Fez show. Yeah, I thought it, well, I think it was Chapter 4 when you said that him and Bob were rolling in her 5.0. With the rag top down so their hair could blow in the wind? I'm not uh, even sure that car was around back then. Yeah, I'm not so sure. 
Uh, let's go over here to uh, Joker. Joker, you're on Run the show. Yeah, he was quite topical. He was quoted as saying, uh, why so serious? See, that I don't think was Dylan. Um, yeah, Chris, you're on the Run the Fez show. Yeah, I thought it was funny when he walked up to Johnny Cash at the Newport Folk Festival and said, What's that? What's that? Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, this is one uh, that he did say, Fuck Sun Valley. Now, that's when I thought... Uh, and Shrekalovs came up and said that Bob Dylan never said, give me a belly bump. I'll have to look into that, because I don't think all the quotes were bad. Um, a lot of blueberries, standalone fruit, blueberries go best with other fr- fruits. Um, let's go over to Frank. Frank, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I like how he closed out the book by saying that he would, in fact, do a reunion tour, except he's afraid that Fez would show up and clap. That's weird. No, he wouldn't need to do a reunion tour since he was a single act. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. You can head over to the iBang uh, because they're coming in fast and furious right now. And it goes to show that our listeners are on top of stuff. That they actually know when they can spot a bad quote. Now, Chris, you were the one who brought the guy in, right? Yeah, I got John. Do you feel bad about this, that his career is over? I feel really bad. that Because, I mean, the media, Twitter, fucking other big publications, they're all killing this guy. Yeah. They're destroying the dude. The weird thing is the only time that you can't bullshit is in a book. Like, <laughs> you could actually, at any time, I have guests in here. They'll tell some crazy story about their fucking childhood, but I don't go looking it up. I'm just like, okay, I've got to laugh. Great. Um, here's Ron. Ron, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I put the book down when I read that Bob Dylan said he originally wrote Knocking on Heaven's Door for Guns N' Roses. How would he have even known that? How would he have known they were going to do that? Um, let's go over here to Matt St. Louis, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, Hicks, when you uh, asked Dylan about the 60s, what he thought, didn't he say that shit was cray? That shit cray. Shit cray. That shit uh, cray. Doc Intoxicated said Bob Dylan said that Rod Stewart rumor, me. I was the one with the stomach pump. Oh. That's weird. Oh, God. Death Proof said that Dylan in the book said, the Humpty Dance is your chance. Do the hump. <laughs> Oprah's Moose Knuckles said that in the book, Dylan was quoted saying, my son Jacob will be bigger than Jesus. All right. What the fuck? Uh, let's go over here to Jack. Jack, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. I put the book down when Dylan was quoted as saying one time on his radio show, he said cookie to a cat over and over again for 90 minutes. Boy, that one will never be forgotten, will it? Mm-mm. That was the day that I know I'm like, we're driving away every listener. This is fucking unbelievable. Great. Um, Anthony, you're on the last episode. Hey, uh, what about on uh, page 10, paragraph 2? He said, uh, 
For the white folk, he was just another crazy nigger. But Kirby Puckett belongs in the Hall of Fame. Kirby Puckett does belong in the Hall of Fame. And every, anybody who do, doesn't believe that blowhard is crazy and New York-centric. Uh, Johnny, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ron, there was just so much that was just crazy. But when it said about him getting his ass crack washed out the driveway with the garden hose, I was just totally thrown off and thought, no way, it's bullshit. All right, which one of these quotes takes sounds the worst, uh, like you doubt it more? America, fuck yeah. Yeah. Jim Norton stole Monster Rain from me. All right, that he, I um, come on, Jordan fucking was just listening to this channel. But that would just mean that two people were lying then. <laughs> um, if here's Sean says, if Pepper Hicks only had two legs, I'll eat my hat. The two-legged centaur. No, the two-legged you man. You can be a fucking two-legged centaur. Two-legged man. man. I just fixed your man. This has been a bad day for you, hasn't it? You getting just... killed, getting fucking farted on. I'm being <laughs> accused of fucking being a Liberace, fucking biographer. People call me Centaur again. This Jordan Lair guy that brought in is getting killed. <laughs> fucking left and right from every goddamn angle. This, you know, I remember when we got this, and I always like, if there's a book that looks interesting, I'll go, hey, why don't you get that book? And then I'll hear that the person's booked even before I read it. <laughs> like... Normally, does that happen in most places? Can't you read the book first? Yeah. A lot. See, that happens sometimes, yeah. It's happened to me like nine times. Sometimes. Book department will jump the gun mm. and think just like, hey, can I see the book means, hey, they definitely want them, is what they'll say to get right. more copies of the book. Like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, come on. Um, according to this, that they said, Dylan said, this internet thing, there will be naked Japanese people with blurred out wangs. That does weird me out, though. That's the worst. What's their problem? I don't know if it's like pubic hair or just they don't want anyone to see vagina or then, dick. Then don't do porn. Yeah. You know, just stay out of it. Make a nice fucking romantic comedy. <laughs> uh, Mar, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie, I thought it was weird when the title of Chapter 6 was I get more pussy than Justin Bieber. And, but it's true. He did. Um... Jay, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I heard uh, Dylan was quoted saying, Ain't nobody got time to that. No, that's actually a pretty good impression. Um, no, I don't know whether he ever said I'm an analog man. I don't doubt that he hasn't from time to time. I'm sure he's in that mindset, <laughs> but I don't think he's ever said those words. Did he say this? Yeah. Fuck Tom Brady? No, that was East Side Dave. But did Dave say it first, or was that a cover song? It was the I, first. That was the original. I want to check with Dave, because a lot of times Dave covers things and put in his own way. He's a big Dylan fan. He's the one who said Hitler wasn't all that bad. All right. He was bad, and I'm sure Dylan thought so. Did he ever say the blue center light pop? No, that was Kerouac. That was Kerouac. Um, Kevin, uh, what Dylan misquote? Yeah. Hey, Ronnie, didn't he misquote Dave's great lesson? That was Dylan. That was Dylan back in the 70s. He was going through a really weird kind of beer obsession. <laughs> no, I can't believe that. I don't know what I did with my little guard. I fucking rolled off and his dirty floor up. I'll just start fucking going crazy. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Travis, you're on the Ron Fez show. I thought it was really strange, even in the introduction, when it said, let us answer for queers. I thought it was kind of weird. Oh, shit. Fezzy. Fezzy. 
He's not man enough to eat a lettuce wrap. Who? Dylan? The caller. Oh, okay. You had me upset there for a second. Um, Mike and Phil, you're on the Run Face show. Hey, I got a little suspicious when I read uh, that he said Jimi Hendrix is a thief like the rest of those people. All right, that, he's not, he's not racist. Um, so many of these are coming in on the iBang right now. That Dylan never said all Buffalo girls go around the outside, around the outside. That wasn't Dylan. You know, he, Dylan did do a lot of songs outside of that one small era. If we're looking for songs. Um, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I remember uh, when I lived beside him and he got out on his front lawn and said, Get off my lawn, zipper heads. I'd say that, you know, even though he's an older guy now. I don't think that that was him. All right, I want everyone to relax and know that the cigar was just in my coat pocket. Oh, thank God. So, everybody calm down. Oh, We're going to be okay. Thank All right? God. Thank God. We're going to make it through this. Fuck. I almost canceled the fucking show. Uh, okay. Jim, you're on the Run of Fez show. What was the Dylan misquote? Yeah, I thought it was strange how he said that he only eats half slices. What's that about? Well, he just didn't want a whole slice that would get him bloated. Do you have any half slices? Sorry, Thank Bob, you. we don't. Do you have any half slices? I'll like two, please. And then two half cokes. Mm. A half coke? Fuck that. Two of them. They stay colder. Uh, Lou, in Georgia, you're on a fez. Yeah, I uh, heard uh, Bob. Quote was, uh, his favorite book was uh, A Million Little Pieces. 866, that's actually very good. That was the last guy that they rained down, who actually did our show, and then all pain came to his world. Um, <laughs> Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Joe. Yeah, I heard, uh, I put the book down when Dylan said, I drink your milkshake, I drink it up. Oh, I love that scene. Dees, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, I believe he said in Chapter 2 is titled, All Around the Lock Shower, Homo Queer Pants. I don't know if they ever said that. Wish to keep you, but I grab it fast. Uh, Rick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie and Centaur, how you doing? Uh, We're both good. Uh, Me and my horse here are fine. I'm fine. Oh, you me. Hey. I, I read in Chapter 6 that he was going to give up his Batman collection after the Colorado shooting, and I thought that was weird. That reminds me of Fez. Actually, a lot of these quotes remind me of Fez. For a guy who doesn't talk much, he's so fucking quotable. One after another. One. Hit. 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 Eight six six one zero Fez. Um... It's out there. It's blowing up. Obviously, it's blowing up the eye bang right now. The comments are through the fucking roof. It's an awesome fucking prize. Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. I think this might actually be a Hicks quote, but um, they said that Dylan said Ron Bennington will never be a surgeon. I said never be a surgeon. I say maybe you got to think this out. Hurts. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ryan, i got to redeem myself, but I remember Dylan's quote uh, was, he remembers reminiscing about the East Village and eating bagels. 
See, that's what they say of state. In a fantasy world. Look at the show. There you go. Here's Uncle Bob singing. Your lover who just walked out the door has taken all his blankets from the floor. The carpet too is moving under you. And it's all over now, baby blue. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Eric in Chicago. You're on the Run of Fed show. What's your Dylan misquote? That's why these poots are blowing in the wind. His poots are always blowing in the wind, yeah. That's the way he greeted us after a dead hour today with a fart. And I sat in that fart. He is the most quotable person in radio today. Right now, he's doing a great job of keeping this thing moving along, more and more clips, so we're not just locked in the same one. Um, Marlon, you're on the right face show. Yeah, well, Monkey House rocks. He rocks a fat ass, and Pepper Higgs can't keep a roof over his head. Uh, I actually can, so fuck off. All right, President of all, Motherfucker. that's a listener, and we treat them kindly. Second They're of all... They're not treating me kindly. <laughs> I think that they were. from the basement tapes. Isaac, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I, I do believe it when he was quoted as saying, fuck it, YOLO. Craig, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I thought something was off when he gave photo credit to Earl Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> These are good. <laughs> Some of these. Did Dylan ever say the only good center is a dead center? They don't exist. I'm sure he didn't say that. It's crazy talk. Desolation Row is a song about centaurs living in Astoria. How about this? Did Dylan ever say, Sometimes I let my stunt double shoot my wide shots when I want to go get Blaze back in my winning? That was the best line in any movie ever. Can you call pianos for me? They know you. They don't know me. Bob Dylan quote. How about this? Did he ever say, and I never saw that umbrella again? Oh. Did he ever say what happened in Tampa, Fez? Uh, 
Tug, you're on the Renafez show. Tug, we got you, buddy? Yeah. What do you got, pal? Yeah, uh, I read the last page first, and the last word was homo queer sickle. I knew it was bullshit. I do think he said that, though. Um, let's go over here to uh, Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, when he pulled out his electric guitar for the first time and went electric, he said, Say hello to my little friend. Well, I don't know if he did or not. No, that was fucking Al Pacino. I was laying in bed. Wondering if she'd change it all. If her hair was still red. Her folks, they said our lives together. Sure was gonna be rough. They never did like mama's homemade dress. Papa's bankroll wasn't big enough. And I was standing on the side of the road, rain falling on my shoes. Heading out for the East Coast, Lord knows I paid some dues. Getting through, tangled up in blue. The really funny part of this story for me is that that wasn't Dylan or the Dylan people that went after him for this. Uh, it was kind of Dylan historians who were like, hey, we'd love to hear these things. You know what I mean? Like, this is fucking great. When did Dylan say this? Because I've monitored everything Dylan's ever said. Dylan had no problem because he, A, never knew that it was out, or B, is so used to being misquoted, it didn't mean shit to him. <laughs> it might be like you, Hicks, hearing that somebody said something bad about you on a fucking message board. You just don't care. <laughs> On the avenue, tangled up in blues. I had a job in the great North Woods, working as a Here's Pat. Pat, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, chapter three. I missed Don Bart Fez. Uh, let's go over here to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the Run of Fez show. He, Dylan was a man of integrity. He trusted people that like big butts. They can't lie. Hmm. Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how you doing? What about that story speech when uh, he was telling Jacob to get out of the water? Get yourself a hoogie. Shoot! Let's uh, angry guys said did Dylan ever say this? I want to get back to the glory hole days. Did Dylan ever say Jerry Sandusky is still my favorite coach? No. He couldn't have. Did Dylan ever say this? It's our time down here. It's their time up there. But it's our time down here. Um, let's go over to Andrew. Andrew, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Bob was overheard saying, I would not feel so all alone had fatty pneumonia not run home. Billy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Joan Bias never cut me any of the... Uh, Craig, you're on the Run of Fez show. 
I know he started the book with put your mouth on the curb and he ended it with Jesus is my homeboy. True. Uncle Bob. You know how they, uh, when people die, they name a block after them, whatever? Yeah. I honestly think that we ought to just name the continent after them, and then we'd be the United States of Dylan. It's pretty early. I don't think that's going too far. There'd be North Bob Dylan and South Bob Dylan. Right. So he gets two continents. And Canada, good news for you. You're in the North Bob Dylans. Fucking lucky bastards. They walked along by the old oh, canal. A little confused, I remember well. Then stopped into a strange hotel with a neon burning bright. He felt the heat of the night. Hit him like a freight train. With a simple twist of fate. Did Dylan ever say this? That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older and they stay the same. That's McConaughey. Did he ever say this? Oh, but GB, will you ever win? <laughs> Did he ever say, fuck Ron Bennington? Oh, God. Fuck Ron Bennington. 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 No, I don't think he would. Dan, you're on the run of Fetish Show. I'm now wondering if we can get 500 comments on the iBang. I mean, it's swinging fast. This could be a 500 comment thread. Sick. And even though Dan in Ohio doesn't know that he's on. I'm on the fucking show. I wanted. I, I thought it was fucking crazy when he uh, thanked Richard Gere for helping him insert the gerbils in his ass. See, that was weird. Jake, you're on the run of Fetish Show. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a little odd when he said the only way to cure trench foot is with the creep boot. I thought that that was your airline, Hicks. I came up with the creep boot. Fuck. Can I actually say this, though? Yeah. It was the weirdest thing you've ever said. <laughs> uh, Gunner, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I believe he did say Stephen Glass is a brilliant journalist. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Yeah, Stephen Glass is another one in there. And yet all those guys, life works out for them. Hell yeah. It all, came, it all comes back together. People forget, and they just yeah. keep on working. Well, they just remember your name. Like, hey, that guy's famous for some reason, right? <laughs> Did he ever say this? It's a scuba-doo. Damn it. It is scuba doo. Fuck a lanyard. Did Dylan ever say this? The Earth is just the moon's moon. It is. If you, come on. Think. Think for a second. Hey, Shower Bench jumped in and said, Idiot Wynn was about a guy in no name Blowhard. Whoa! Oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. shit. It's on. Oh, shit. Got one song after another. Is well, it no use and wonder why, baby. Even you don't know by now. That is true. And it ain't no use to sit and wonder why, baby. 
Did you ever say this, Six? Well, sir, somehow. this rug that I, I had, it really tied the room together. No. Look out your window Did he ever say a census taker once tried to test me? I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chiani. No. Do that mouth thing that he did, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're good at that. You're good at that. 460. I'm going to hang out until we do 500. Oh, shit. It's all happening. Um, Mike, in Albany, you're on the Ron Fez show. I couldn't believe the book when it said that Dylan said, you know what? Fuck Tibet. That would have been terrible. We've got a signed copy of this, though. That's right. Maybe the last. This guy never wants to see this book ever again. No. I could fucking shove it in his face for him to sign it. He'd rather see pictures of his dick on the internet. Uh, let's go over here to Andrew in Jersey. Andrew, what do you got for me, buddy? Hey, Ronnie B. I know he was mostly known for folk music, but didn't he once say, I'm the faggot of the opera? That would be weird. Karina, Karina. Yeah, we've been so long. Kevin, you're on the Run of Fest show. Ron, he was totally wrong when he said smoke pants will never be in fashion. Yeah, we've been so long. And yet they were. Grammy Isis, would you? That song never gets any play, and I love that song. Actually, the only other person I know who loves that song, one of the other people, is uh, Kathleen from the Bronx. We always have a, uh, well, we used to, Fifth Day of May thing where we would write to each other. Remember that? Now, she seems to be on the road. You know her. She's traveling from one place to the other. She's got to get out there. 495. 496, 497, 98. Oh, the wild unknown country where I could not go wrong. N.E.W. Peace hold. <laughs> I came to a high place. I We're going to break here and come back and give out a, a winner. Enjoy a little ISIS for yourself, though. Try to figure out the song. I never have been able to get it. And I wash my clothes down. A man in the corner they pushed me for a match. I knew right away he was not ordinary. He said, "Are you looking for something easy to catch?" Said, "I got no money." Said, "That ain't necessary." On the, on the next Bob Dylan uh, radio time, uh, it's going to do things I didn't say, which should be great. Awesome. I gave him my blanket, and he gave me his word. I said, where are we going? They said, we be back by the board. I said, it's the best 
break here. Back with the winner. I was thinking about turquoise. And then also ACLU when we get back. Taking on everybody. And we got a winner. As soon as we come back, we're on a face show. Again. And things would be different the next time we went. If I only could I hang on and just be her friend. I still can't remember all the best things she said. We came to the pyramids all embedded in ice. He said, there's a body I'm trying to find If I carry it out, it'll bring a good price Closer than that I knew what he had on his mind The wind, it was a howling and the snow was outrageous We chopped through the night and we chopped through the dawn about my vagina. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. This song's all about my vagina. Where's your Twitter? Nasty. He said, I'm writing a song about your vagina. I hope you don't mind. Oh. Uh, it's around a Fez show. Uh, about to pick our uh, winner out here. Um, BuzzFeed is running a little piece because Gore Vidal died and there's a lot of people i guess on the twitter who are confused thinking al gore and vidal sassoon died oh god um and this one actually says who died al gore or vidal sassoon and it's fred brooklyn so fred brooklyn (laughs) finding himself up on buzzfeed will put that link up on the iBang today um confusing day all the way around. It's been a fucking wild one, man. Um, we will uh, get things uh, started here. Let's pick out a winner. And so many. I mean, tons of people on the uh, phones, tons of people on the iBang. But I don't think that you could beat this one that Al did, in fact, did Bob Dylan ever say this? Really? Jews? Ali in Chicago, congratulations. Ali in Chicago, congratulations 
Craig, New Hampshire, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, hey, boys, say, hey, Hicks, today would have been Jerry Bear's 70th birthday. Let's get some good old Grateful Dead on there at some point today, my man. Well, it's up on Filtered Excellence how many places that you could go for the dead today. And it's, quite frankly, it's unbelievable. And for some reason, I never knew that he would have only been 70. I thought he was older. That crazy giant white beard, really. I guess in touring nonstop for fucking 30 years. Yeah, he certainly did not look 53, although the guy up as part of the Great White Slide didn't look 50 either, and he was screaming. <laughs> uh, that's up on the IB wire today. It's just uh, crazy shit in the middle of this country that goes down. Um, well, we're not going to bring it in until we bring our guy in, right? Isn't that the mm -hmm. way it all yeah, yeah, works? Yeah. So do that because I can't run it off mm -hmm. from here. Um it is the Ron and Fez show. We're going to get into uh, a couple of this. I can't believe that it's after two already. Yeah. Uh, the snack coming up today. Ooh. Hicks, you want to try to guess what country? I'm going to go. I'm going to go surprise South Africa. Is there a big uh, hot thing of South African girls? Charlie's Theron. Perfect. I didn't even think they all look like Charlie's Throne there. Paradise. Um, My favorite African country, South Africa. Yesterday we did what? We were uh, Jesus. We we were Russia. We were Russia. The Russian girls were beautiful. By the Super way, sexy. even though I was so happy for our girls last night, I could not help but feel bad for those little Russians. They got fucked. They up. were so crushed, and they're so young. They knew it was They're over. So, oh, they panicked. I mean, they just started being beat down. <laughs> and then the announcer said something awful. He goes, now we'll see if the if the American girls can go out and destroy these girls after seeing their tears. Um, and then we could. It is the Ron official. show. Oh, Roland just came in. And Roland, first of all, I just want to say... Hello. Uh, congratulations, and you know why. Today's August 1st, and that means one thing and one thing only. It's Roland Day. Roland Day! Yeah, yeah Roland! And your favorite all-time pizza is from where, Roland? Ruby Vincent. Yeah, and when you hear that song, you know... Well, we heard it for a second, and then it went down, but... It, is that uh, bringing the board? Yeah, okay. it is. Uh, it's uh, time to bring in your pizza. So it's a it's a tight staff that we have here. Organized everything out. There we go. Yeah, Plenty pizza of pizzas party. for all of them. Pizza party. Now, this is for you going out of your way to help uh, book Unmasked. You got us a great Unmasked that we ran last week. Now, you did not help us with Russell Peters, so... Well, we're, we're going to limit your slices today. Well, sort of, though. Oh, you did sort of do it. Because the thing is, I, I said, hey, why don't you come on down? And then oh, that's yeah, nice. What else? So we pass it off. All right, so there it is. So, Perfectly. So Rowan, how many slices can you eat? Uh, I'll probably have like two or three. All right, two or three slices. Now, you brought your friends here from the ONA show. Oh, you know they're here. Yeah. <laughs> These, oh, Jesus Christ, what the hell? This is the whole crew that got beat up the other day by Mark Zito. Yeah. But... Let's uh, put that behind. Yeah. Bullying happens. Sal left crying today again. Yeah. Sal goes, Mark, is, he really beat me up. I'm like, you should. You deserve it. 
Now, Sam, why didn't you stick together with your guys? Why didn't you all come together as a team? With uh, Martin Zito, the problem yeah. was he came in too strong. And he was right. Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Sal is new. Can I tell you something? Maybe it's because I go back to NEW. Mm-hmm. But I remember when the LNA show was to be feared. That it wasn't a pack of fucking guys that let themselves get beat up on. Sal is n- new. And obviously maybe we made a mistake with that one. Yeah. The sip of the cracks. Anybody would have walked in NEW and said anything about the ONA show. The beatdown, the physical beatdown that would have told not uh, just a minute. Yeah, go ahead and help yourself, bro, and you deserve. Have some pizza. Put all your slices on like you're one of those guys who worries that you're not going to get. Yeah. Be like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because, like, I know I'm going to eat this much myself. I know those guys. It's a part of life. Yeah, pile it up there. Yeah. Pile it up there. Yeah, pizza party. Yeah, keep this shit. Keep Mm. this shit. It's good. Because you're going to Chicago soon. Put three there and then take one there. Yeah, take one there and then you're eating one. And then you're carrying three, and, more. and now you don't have another worry in the world. It's all, yeah, it's all happening. It's all good now. And we didn't even know this. He helped Laura get this latest Russell uh, Peters booking. Awesome. Which I like. Somebody who wrote in for tickets said, "I'm a fan of uh, Unmasked, and I'm a fan of Russell. I'm coming whether I get tickets or not." Okay. I like the attitude of that. And then also in September, another one's coming. A big one. Really? Mm-hmm. That I don't even know about yet. Mm-mm. More oh. pizza! Uh, um, Come on. Eat more. Pile more on. Jot it down for me, because I'm just very curious now, and I know you don't want to say it yet. Oh, that's a definite? Um, yeah, we're working out the September day right now. That's fantastic. That'll be terrific, because that matters to eh-eh. Mm-hmm. Down to eh-eh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where they suck eh-eh. They know it. By the way, sorry. Good. Grab pizzas, guys. Pizza party. I know it's uh, it's a rough day for you guys. The talks fell apart today. Um, there were the negotiations. They everybody what? walked away from the table. They did. Yeah. So don't even think about it. Eat How up. did you find that out? I got everything fucking wired in this whole building. <laughs> Nothing happens you think in this building, and my fucking phone doesn't go off. And get me. I got people in every department. All right. Yeah. No, I don't know whether you want to pile up, Sam, or you just want a half slice. You want to have half slice? You want to take a small scissor and cut through it? Yeah. You can do that, too. I see Tube Steak Johnny. He's here. He wants to be asked personally because he knows we have beef with him because he treated Brazilian Julie badly. Oh, no. He did? Yeah. First date, the talk fisting came up. What? First date, he brings up fisting. Yeah. Now, here's the weird thing. Not to her, to him. Oh. He said, would you ever consider fisting my asshole? He said that. Weird. On a first to a lady? To a very nice lady who wasn't even born in this country. She's from Team Brazil. Well, they do like that stuff, though. What happened with you guys? We thought it was going to be like, you know, true love always, and I kind of felt like I would be at the wedding. I know. I, I wanted you to be there. You're going to be at the wedding no matter what. Any, any wedding. Oh, see, that's the thing. I don't want to go to any wedding. That would you and some strange girl. That means nothing to me, Fez. That's stupid. Well, it just it didn't work out. No, you're not. You, <laughs> what just happened, Hicks? <laughs> what did you do? Pizza accident. No. Why? That's for Julie. That's for Trader Ben. Did now, pizza. Pepper? Did you throw a slice so, of pizza yeah. on the ground? To make up with some of your friends that have died of <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, it's the me. three o'clock snack. 
uh, there's an ACLU thing up to about license plate trackers. We're being tracked at all times now, and the ACLU is going to stop it. For some reason, I like that. Here's what's always weird to me: some people don't even like the ACLU, which is always confusing to me. People fucking hate them with a passion. Why do they though? I thought that they looked out for us. I think uh, people only like the ACLU when the ACLU is protecting something they personally like. But then the ACLU will fucking protect everyone. And so when they protect someone they don't like, they're like, fuck you, the ACLU. They just hate them then. They oh, I thought that they protected individual rights, though. And I thought that's that even libertarians would be into that. They turn on, though. Maybe I'm like, confused. If anybody knows why people hate the ACLU, uh, and we'll put it up uh, as a quick question on the iBank. Or you can call us at 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, or go over and leave your note on the iBank. Uh, she's got a law background, and our own HDG is here. You studied law. I did. What would be the downside of an ACLU? People hate because they protect unpopular people. They protect you regardless of whether anyone agrees with your opinion. You could be a Nazi. You could be... Someone who hates gays. You could be someone who loves gays. It doesn't matter if your opinion is unpopular or not. They're protecting your rights. They they protect the rights of people to speak. They don't protect Nazis to actually attack people exactly. and kill them. But people don't like that. They they think that they're they also will protect criminals. They'll protect you know. Well, how do they protect criminals? They protect the rights of criminals. They're against um, unu- cruel and unusual punishment. They're against the death penalty, and. Most people tend to be on the ACLU's side on issues, just not on that one individual person that they're protecting at at some point in time. It seems like they turn on them when it comes to foreigners. Like if they're protecting someone at Guantanamo not to be tortured, that's when people start to turn. Well, the thing is... I think it's been a long time before Guantanamo, though. I think it's been around, like, for a long, long time that people get mad at them. Because... when things or people need protecting, it's always because they're unpopular. That's the reason they need to be protected in the first place. That's the reason they're getting railroaded is because they've, you know, they're they're an unpretty person. They're someone who, you know, people don't like, and nobody wants to see anyone give comfort or aid or help to someone they don't like. Hmm. Which is ridiculous because that's the time when you got to fight. That that's exactly the time you need to be protected. The ACLU goes out. And make sure that you're the only thing that they actually don't have an opinion on. And I just uh, I just saw this last night. I didn't know this. They don't take any position on gun control, which I think is really strange. If they're supposed to be pro rights down the line, I would think they would be pro gun. All right. Let's go over here to Jeff. Jeff, you're on the run of Fed show. Hey, Ron, I think that a lot of people dislike the ACLU because they, they're not consistent. See, like the fringe stuff, they jump on board, and the stuff that, you know, everybody would expect them to jump on, they, they just stay silent on. Well, give me one, um, give me one time. I, you know what, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything, but I, I, I remember there being some debate over the ACLU not being consistent. Now, in this case... I like the idea that they're looking into this because I don't think we need to be tracked 
all the time. And I, I think they're very consistent. I and I don't know every case the ACLU has it ever seems like you should been know. on the side of. And I, I definitely, you know, I, I think each state has their own sub-ACLU branch. So it's certainly possible they've been inconsistent. But I think for the most part, they are consistent, and that's the problem. They're going to defend anybody who needs defending. All right, so they're a nonprofit, right? Uh, yeah. And they go out and they find out if somebody's individual rights aren't taken care of. And what you're saying is that some people, let's say the West Baptist. Yeah. Most people would say, let's get rid of those bastards because they're unpleasant. Right, we hate them. Even though by protecting them, they protect all of our rights. People forget that so fast. They will, you know, they learn it in school. They believe it when they learn it. And then as soon as somebody comes along, like the West Baptist, or, you know, maybe someone who's on death row, you don't want, we suddenly don't want those people protected in any way. And we right. forget why we want, why we do want them protected. So good uh, position here. Fez is on the other side of them because they're saying, no, this chicken place yeah. has a right to open everywhere right and some gay and liberal people would rather see the chicken place be punished by not being able to do business yeah and here's you know fez is absolutely right that we don't we shouldn't encourage chick-fil-a to have this kind of attitude but what fez doesn't realize is if we say chick-fil-a can't come into boston then everyone is subject to the possibility of being you know denied those rights we don't want that we want to know we can be in business no matter no matter what our political beliefs are. I think it's good to put that position out there, though, that says you're a place that's not welcome in a diverse town. Not no, no, by a, not by uh, a mayor. Yeah, by saying not welcome, if if the people say you're not welcome, we don't want you here, we don't want you to do business in our neighborhood, you're absolutely right. When the lawmaker says you're not allowed to... Whole different thing. We, you know, there's a. I, I can't even believe nobody stopped him from doing this because there's such a long line of law that says you can't, you can't discriminate well, against the business for their beliefs. I think he shot his mouth off, but he's not doing anything about it now. Like he's already backed off of it. Now this cake guy, you know, this guy who won't make cakes is a different story. Uh, he's actually discriminating. He's actually not serving a gay customer. Well, he'll he would disagree with you. He's saying, "I'll serve gay customers. I'll make you a birthday cake. I'll you know sell you a loaf of bread, but I'm not going to make you a wedding cake." But you know, I I do that is but discriminatory. He, he has a store and a product in that store that he's refusing to sell to a minority of people. Right. So that is so that I'm I'm with you that he's breaking some laws and now and what that's what cool. makes it a gay wedding cake? Putting two Little men on the top? No, just the fact that they've told him it's for a gay wedding. So there's nothing else that he would have to do that he doesn't normally do at the store? No, his rationale was, I, I believe he, the state that he's in does not recognize gay marriage. And right. he said, if gay marriage is illegal in my state, and it's kind of an interesting argument, even though I don't agree with it. He said, if gay marriage isn't legal in my state, then I'm not going to sell a cake for that illegal marriage. If they don't recognize it, I don't have to. Right. Which is crazy. It's all right, but let's go back to this. Everybody was all happy about the happy birthday Adolf when they found <laughs> out that the little kid's name was Adolf. And they went and took the kids away. Yeah. I, I felt like they should have given him the cake. I think they should have given him the cake, too. What? You can never name your kids Adolf? That's, why not? Or you can't it's be a, a white supremacist. Um, why can't you? Uh, Brandon, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron, uh, ACLU actually protected NAMBLA 
a couple yeah. years ago, the rights for the... I don't think the act of it, but just for people to be involved with that organization. Well, again, as long as they're not breaking the law, but they're talking about something. There's nothing wrong with talking about it. Yeah, it's but you don't think there's a line to be drawn right there? That maybe that's something that's just a little bit over the edge? Gay National Men for Gay Love or whatever it stands for? Uh, I think it has to do with man-boy love is where it is yeah, like, yeah. at the end of it. Whoa. but. What, what if we, it's a molesters club. But all right, they're not supporting NAMBLA. What they're supporting is the right to have a conversation. Let's suppose somebody in the country said, we don't want anyone who's a member of NAMBLA to use the highways. We're going to ban you from getting on the highways. We would, you know... We wouldn't. We wouldn't allow that. That's not okay. And that's what they're not supporting your right to be um, to, to love little boys. They're supporting your right to get on a highway. Well, I, I think the there's a lot of people. Was, well, the specific case was they were targeting a guy who said uh, the, the police were targeting a guy who was a member of that organization as a molester, and he had never been convicted of one. And I guess they were uh, what's it called a. Uh, uh, stereotyping or critiquing or whatever. Profiling. Uh, yeah, profiling. Thank you. They were profiling him, and that was where ACL jumped in. Um, the reality of those, you can't get caught if you're going to do that. I mean, obviously, cops keep eyes on certain people. You can't get caught. Um, here's Richard. You're on the Run of Fez show. Richard, go ahead. Yeah, hey, I know all of you guys have gone into a business and one time or another looked up and read the sign, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. Why doesn't that apply in this case? It's not a law. It's just a sign. So I can make up any sign I want. That doesn't mean... No, that, that, you'll have to look that up a little further. It's, it, but it's not, not legal. legal. It's not legal. We've already been through that. When people down south would not serve black people. You know what I mean? You can't just sit around and say... I refuse to uh, serve people. Now, if somebody comes into your store, you feel like they're belligerent, whatever, you can fucking boot them out, and you can even ban them from your store. But but HTG is right. Just because you put a sign up, like the old, uh, when you were a kid, possession is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> it took me a long time before I found out that wasn't true. Because I had heard it so many times. Um... Let's get over here to uh, James. James, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Rod, I was just got a question for Fez. He's so worked up about this gay marriage issue, and I'm wondering why he's so fired up about it. When Let's look at the reality of it. The chances uh, of it actually affecting him in getting married are slim and dill. Well, let me ask you this. Do you, right now. Do you have any political views that part. don't? that don't affect you personally? Like, can you say, uh, I'm for or against immigration law when it has nothing to do with you? I think most of the things, when you really find out who's a citizen or not, it's about the stuff that doesn't actually affect your life. Like, I run into people all the time going, why am I paying for public schools? <laughs> I'm not having any kids. I can understand that beef, but it's more interesting to me, the people who says. I don't have any kids, but I think it's good for our society to have great libraries, great public schools. Those are people I think that are a little more involved. Here's Jim and PA. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, uh, just, you know, with, with the NAMBLA example and ACLU uh, trying to protect NAMBLA, I mean, let, let, let's turn NAMBLA's uh, name into the bomb makers of America. Now, do we need to uh, protect the bomb makers' rights to America to, to – uh, 
congregate in a website and, and talk to each other about how to end people's lives, make bombs, put them in movie theaters, and things like that. Well, let me give you a very similar example, but going slightly in the other direction. Let's pretend we're not talking about the bomb makers of America or NAMBLA. Let's talk about people who join Normal, which is uh, for legalization of marijuana. We know a lot of people who support the legalization of marijuana. Marijuana is not legal, but we don't want the police to come in and trample all of our rights just because we support something that's not legal. But, right, right. But are they, are they, are they conspiring to commit a crime? I, I, I mean... <clears throat> The, yes. The Nebula organization is is in, is in favor of of molesting young boys. And they, and they, they they conspire about how how to to usurp. Well, first of all, let's go back to the Nambla thing, because it's really funny, because this will come up, but it's a very tiny organization. And from what I know about them, is that they talk about, hey, we're we're a culture that has age restrictions. Not every culture has age restrictions. And here's what I don't think is wrong with it. By the way, Hicks is up on that site right now. So if they are tracking it, I just want them to know that Pepper Hicks. But, but there's nobody... no reason that people can't talk about those things. And the and ACLU is, has never once supported man-boy love. They've yeah. never once said we're in favor. We, 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 we agree with NAMBLA. Never. And I think, I mean, here's a great example. Jerry uh, Sandusky never would have enjo uh, fucking joined NAMBLA. <laughs> if you were actually a child molester, the stupidest thing that you could ever do would be say, and I belong to a group. Um, let's go over here to uh, let's go over to Rich in Georgia. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, uh, my problem is, is that it always seems like the government gets involved when it's a, a, a democratic or a liberal government when somebody speaks out against something they believe. But they're always for the, you know, they're the freedom of speech party. You know, the fucking uh, Chick-fil-A, It's he didn't say he didn't want gays eating their sandwich. He just said he didn't support gay rights. No, and, and I agree with you, and we talked to with Fez, and the ACLU has come out on his side. By the way, I just just this second, I called uh, Handsome Johnny back in because uh, this is the email that I got. <gasps> he seriously invited you to his wedding with not me? What a cock. Well, he won't show anyway. Call her the day of and say he's got a new fiancé. Chris is now my absolute hero. Um Chris Stanley threw a slice of pizza at Handsome Johnny. Yeah. You call the last right day? Jeans. You call the last day? The last minute? The last day. Yeah. I wanted to be honest with her. I but it was the day of a date? Yes. And if that you had canceled time and time before? Yes. Oh, <laughs> wow, you're a cock. Uh, Why go on the date if... I'm kind of seeing somebody else. Uh, I wanted to be honest about it, so Johnny, I was. Why it took me so long. Cock. What did you wait all that time for? Till she got all dressed up and ready oh, to go out the door. Yeah. yeah. She had her hair done, makeup on. Did you, say, did you say hair did? No. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the snack is up. ACLU um, <clears throat> does like the fact that we put snacks up. Um, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I know uh, HTG is against the death penalty. I'd like to hear her argue her point why the Joker 
should not get the death penalty. Well, look, lots of people are in favor of the death penalty, and, and some, you know, some of the reasons are good reasons. But if you're going to be against the death penalty, which I've kind of, that's where I found myself now, you've got to be against it for everybody. You're not against nice people not getting the death penalty. You're just against the idea of the death penalty. And if you think the whole idea is wrong, then nobody should get it. Doesn't that, yeah. that crazy? I don't. I don't think people who are in favor of the death penalty are idiots or anything. I, I get it. I, I totally get it. It's just not where I land. I don't think there's everything anything I've ever gone back and forth on as much in my life as the death penalty. Yeah, I used to be. I used to be um, much closer to in favor than against. And look, believe me, if something happened to someone in my family. I'm sure I would switch sides like that. That doesn't make it right, though. Um, Fez switched sides too. But then again, he didn't wait to the last second till the person was all dressed up. No. Yeah, ready to Are you go. still with this new girl, or you already moved on to another one? No, I'm still with her. <laughs> By the way, if you bring her around here, we're all going to be mean to her. Great. And say stuff about her. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. She's an Anglo-Saxon, isn't she? <laughs> no. Yes, she is. An Anglo-Saxon. And a Protestant? Yeah, she'll probably be drinking what? a little tea going like this. Oh, by the way, Polo this weekend at Whitey Town. He's at the club? Yeah. yeah. Her Great. name's Pippa. Um, let's go over here to um, Richard on the Run Fest show. Hello? Yeah. Yes, this is Rich. Yes, I'm, I don't know the answer to this question. Maybe one you could tell me. Did the ACLU oppose the implementation of Megan's Law? I don't know about that. I don't know either. Uh, uh, I think they, well, I'm, ju I'm just looking now. It looks like in at least one state they resisted it. Um, I don't remember exactly what Megan's Law is, but I do know that um, a lot of times when we've created laws with a child's name on it, it's been sometimes believed to be a knee-jerk reaction to right. we're so upset about what happened to this one person that we aren't going to think clearly and weigh all sides of what's best, but we're just, you know, I don't... I don't Fez thinking? Yeah, well, it's Fez law, thinking. Now, I don't remember what Megan's Law is, but... It requires that, that uh, sex offenders, when they're released from prison, have to register with the local police, and they cannot move to another location without permission. Well, there's a lot of reason to debate both sides of that law. I mean, that's we don't do that with anything else in society. We don't do that with murderers that get out of jail. We don't tell them they can't. You know, there might be a probationary period, but once you've served your full time, you then can resume your life. There's definitely an argument to be had there. Wouldn't it be great, though, like if you had to go, like, move in a new neighborhood and go, uh, I stole a lot of radios out of cars. So I just want you to know, <laughs> moving in. I sold a bunch of drugs and <laughs> mail uh, I was in one meth thing for a while. <laughs> Got me crazy. I like how people are sex offenders for, like, that get caught skinny dipping and shit now. Like, there's so many people that get caught... Like sex offenders, why? Oh, they were pissing outside, and someone could have seen their dick. Why? Why don't we kill sex offenders? I mean, we we obviously, as a society, believe that they are no longer safe people to live near and around. So why don't we just get rid of them? Well, a, I do a show with him, and b, <laughs> he's getting better all the time. I quit skinny dipping. But we, we obviously don't think there's any hope for anyone to ever be better or reformed or anything like that. So, um, 
Let's go over to um, Ben in Jersey. You're on the Run Fez show. <laughs> hey, uh, Ronnie, it's Vinny. Hey, buddy. I guess my my question really is, and I, and I support your guest. I, I, you know, I'm an NRA member, and uh, and I also am, a, am an ACLU member. What I don't understand is people that oppose the death penalty who say that putting someone in prison in an 8 by 10 cell for the rest of their life is not cruel and unusual punishment, and the death penalty is. I would think the death penalty is less cruel and unusual punishment. Well, all of the kind of punishment is kind of unusual. It's all kind <laughs> yeah. of weird, so that's a tough place to be. I, agree I think the them. people that... Uh, oppose the death penalty tend to think that it's not good for our society and are we the only first world country that has this kind of stuff i mean i know when the, when it comes to putting people to death it's always like us yeah. iran yeah. just fucking weird places but i i agree with Vinny. i think uh if i think Killing someone's almost too good for them. It's almost too kind. Um, I'd want someone to suffer who hurt someone. How about making them stay alive but do book reports? Just sure. constantly that, and then when they're done, math problems. Whack. You heard me. Why not? No. I don't want to. Or exile. Whatever happened to exile? You know, I can understand people who are uh, for the death penalty, but I, I can't understand anyone being against the ACLU. I, I, like It's honestly mind-boggling to me. I'm just um, trying yeah. to get in a, a Johnny's head. Who have we ever exiled? Uh, like, Just put them in a boat and shove it out. Shove them out there. Yeah. Send them out. Exiled, right? What's yeah. that? Bullion was exiled to that island, right? Yeah, but he. This is he, we're not in France. Mm. Uh, and that island was more or less a prison. You know what I mean? Like, because he was an emperor, they tried to act like it was, here's where he lives now, you know. But he couldn't move off that island. He couldn't do anything. It was a really, really nice prison. And then he left there and got killed. Just get out. We don't care where you go. Just get out. Well, you're going to be somewhere in the country. That's why we can't. No, out of the country. We would exile him from the country. What do you think we were going to do? Exile them to Toledo? Like Idaho or some... That would not be exile. They're part of us. (laughs) You're sending them with the deer? Idaho is part of the United States. (laughs) So exile, the way Johnny meant it, was you have to leave our country. He's pushing you out the boat. No motor, no oars. And you're just sitting in a boat like a fucking moron. No idea where you're going to go out. Wait, I like Fez's idea. Why don't we start putting all these people on trains, shipping them out to, I don't know, like a camp or something? Oh, oh Nazi. my God. Gay Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> Nazi Gay sympathizer. Nazi. Um, James, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Just yeah. trying to figure out, as a society, how or at what point do we figure out, you know, the Fulton systems apparently are no longer about rehabilitation. They're just solely about keeping them housed and then just unleashing them on, on the rest of us. What the hell do we do? Uh, there was a movie back in the day where they had a little island. They kind of put all the killers and, and rapists on and let them kind of fend for themselves. Catalina Island? No, it wouldn't be Catalina Island. It's too beautiful. Um, yeah, the movie was, though, like a sci-fi movie. So I don't think it was... Like Running Man, t- just to think, if when you start thinking like Running Man is a good idea, <laughs> you might be kind of fucked up. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, it's yeah. a game show. It's all money. I like Fez's thing, and I keep thinking of Johnny. Even if we exile them, they're still going to be in the country. <laughs> 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Uh, Mike in Houston, you're on the Run of Fez show. 
Hey, Ronnie, back in the 90s, there was actually a movement to, to have castration done for child molesters in Texas. It, it, it got shot down, but it, there was a big push for it. Man, I'm for any castration in Texas. I, don't, I wish that they had it when you had to go get your driver's license. I think that would be the most helpful thing that ever happened. Higgs, what, what bag just showed up here? Oh, this is dessert. From where? This cookie smot. Uh, I just said smot. Spot. <laughs> Schmackeries? Uh, Schmackeries? Uh, cookies. Cookies will help them sleep. <laughs> um, let's go over to Scott in California. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of correct HTZ, HTG. Um, the uh, ACLU as a national organization, they do stay away from, uh, you know, gun rights and things like that uh, pretty much. But a lot of the local state-run uh, ACLUs do are big proponents of uh, the Second Amendment. Oh, okay. Uh, Nevada, Texas, uh, there's quite a few. They, they do quite a few uh, protections, you know. They go to bat for a lot of people that get unjustly, you know, uh, busted for, you know, open carry and, and things like that. That makes sense. Yeah, but like I said, it's kind of a regional thing. Obviously, in the more red states, you know, you're going to find more of that kind of a phenomenon. All right, somebody uh, wrote in on saying here's the reason why a lot of people don't like them, that they're the, the ACLU is always involved in getting rid of the mangers and stuff like that in public yeah. places. But it's not because they're against any one group. But they're... it's the baby Jesus. Yeah, well, so everyone who's mad at the ACLU, it's because of a personal feeling about not what the ACLU is trying to protect, but about the person that they feel is undeserving of the protection. Atheist. But the, the whole meaning of the word rights is that it applies to everyone. Everyone. Now, would you be, or would they be okay if there was a spot where everybody could put up their religious stuff? Because we have that, like in New York, where... At Christmas, there's also that wooden... Spaghetti monster? N well, whatever. What would I care? Is that a problem? No. Well, you know, there's there's different ways you can uh, approach it, obviously. Um, but, you, you you know, some people think it just gets ridiculous because everything can be a religion. And you know, is, is it the spaghetti monster that's the main yeah. religion that everybody... But I, th that wouldn't offend me if people put it up. By the way, today is national or international. It's World Middle Finger Day. So... Fuck. Yeah, we all throw it up. Right now, we're throwing it up to Handsome Johnny for yeah. what he did. Yeah, Johnny, a really good crushing. friend of ours. Ugh. On the day that she was dressed to go meet his mom, she thought she was meeting his mom. No, I heard she um, bought. She his was mom meeting loneliness. Did you see the snack today? Oh yeah. What are Italy. we looking at? We're looking at Italy. Italy is up there. Come on, smartphone, looking at eyes because the snack today should be really good. So why don't you join me and make you feel horny Unless you're a threesome of all into dudes If any of these girls do exist By the way, these cookies are as big as cakes. Those are big cookies. Yeah. Everybody digging. <laughs> I don't know if we can ever beat Italy. Italy. Oh, my God. Yeah, that might win. Italy might have the best everything. Out, if you're talking about it someplace outside of our country. Oh, for a minute, I thought you were going against America again. No, 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 no. No, but like food and sports and clothes. And I thought your favorite country was Israel. No, no. Mm, no. Because of the lack of mangers. Not nice people. Um, 
Let's go over here to Steven. Steven, you're on the Run of Fed show. What's up, guys? Love yeah. you guys. What can we do for you? Hey, I, I got a comment. I think the U.S. ought to go to uh, some of the Saudi Arabia, the way they handle stuff. There's a video I've seen on World Star Hip Hop. Two guys drifting. I guess drifting is big over there, but one of them crashes and kills two guys. And in the video, you can see the cops chasing them through the field, put a rag over their head, and cut their head off. I mean, that was no court, no nothing. Killed two people. They took their lives. So you would be comfortable with that kind of government? Uh, in a sense, if a guy comes in and, and kills somebody, yeah, that instead of sitting on death row and... Well, and but and who's to say whether he killed somebody? Uh, it was pretty obvious in the video. I mean, he lost control of his car and ran over two people. All right, so if your, uh, let's say, grandmother or wife was driving down the road, she lost control of her car. We don't know whether she did it on purpose or the brakes gave out or the steering froze up. You would want, before you could even look into this at all, to hear the two cops pulled her out of the car and shot her in her head. Uh, this was a different year. I see what you're saying about a wreck, but uh, I'm see, you can see these guys were fucking off in their cars and racing. So, yeah, that's two different, you know. All right, so... If two guys are ever racing and there's a car accident, before we find out what happened, whether they were racing or running away from someone else who was chasing them, you're in a bigger hurry. You want the cops to pull them out, put a rag over their head, and shoot them. That's the uh, society you would live in. Uh, you, you make a good point there, but, yeah, I think that uh, I think that each case is different. But, yeah, it's no more. Each case is different is the reason why yeah. we, we have trials and that we're in not some kind of really fast fucking thing to to get to the end of this. Yeah, but if it turns out that the cops were wrong, like we later find out that one of them, you know, had been, I don't know, dosed or something, didn't know what he was doing, you know, they could send flowers to his family. And All right, see, that's okay. the second time today you were sarcastic, and it's really, <laughs> it's grating because... We're not going to learn from that. It just makes us feel stupid. <laughs> Today, Hicks has had a really bad day. I'm in a fart chair. Again, I I'll tell you something else. Yeah. The way Roland, instead of enjoying his party, <laughs> just piled up the food on a plate and ran out. It kind of... Felt weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're the word ACLU and high Yeah, they ran out of so here. Fast. <laughs> That's thinking talk. They're doing thinking talk. <laughs> Does have a pile of pizza in his office now, though. What didn't we get to today, Chris? There's so much stuff out there. Uh, Snoop, uh, Snoop Dogg. You can't call him Snoop Dogg. Do we Dog even anymore. have time for that? Because it's so fucking great. <laughs> the Snoop it. Lion. <laughs> it's up there. We ought to play it tomorrow. But he's turned his back on rap, mm -hmm. and now he he is reincarnated uh, Bob Marley. He's with John ja now. He's a Rasta man. That's where I'd like to get. The guy is one with nature. And I'll tell you, what I, whatever you say about this religion, it's better in Catholic in one sense that you can't sit around and smoke weed the whole time you're in Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. If you could, the numbers would go up. Fat spliffs of not very good weed. What about we just let a cop put a rag over his head, shoot him in the back of the head? No questions asked. Sounds a lot worse. Oh, Dude. another thing. Yeah. If a kid's shoplifting, yeah. cut his hand off. All right. That, that shouldn't be done. Shouldn't cut the kid's hand off. If people forget to pray to Islam every day, shoot them in the back of the head. What else did we miss up there, Hicks? 
A lot of stuff up on the eye bank. <sighs> Great video of this uh, goat. Called this little Royal Rumble goat. Rumble. Adorable. Awesome. Make like a, sure you check that out. It was like a baby goat. Come uh, on. The white slide of the crazy old man. I love the guy we, next we door it. just going crazy on his neighbors. Looks like the world's worst place to live. The box is up with the 42 things we love about England. And I think if this country ever had to pick a girlfriend for themselves, I think England would be the one that got away. Oh. Sometimes when I look at this, I get so mad because I'm watching the Olympics. I'm like, if we didn't fucking revolt, that would be our Olympics. Yeah, we'd be. We could be England. It hurts. Uh, check that out. We'll get into it in depth tomorrow because obviously we've got to miss some things and some things. Um, but there's only 42. You can't get around it. That's it. Uh, the guy who tries to touch a wild horse and gets his head kicked. That's fucking amazing. Uh, we never got around to the British get arrested for the bully tweeting. At least we don't have that in America where you could go to jail Just get bagged for up. a mean tweet. Uh, a woman who says she's not the female Sandusky and she wants people to stop calling her that. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is in demand again, but this time from the cops. They want to find out why he pushed a bartender down in New Orleans. Why? The, they said... The bartender was trying to calm him down because some people wanted to take his picture. And no one takes his picture because he's Cuba fucking Gooden Jr. He likes the booze. He gets fucked up. Handsome Johnny, before we leave, I want you to take this moment and say something to Brazilian Julie. On the air. On the air. Yeah. Say it from the bottom of your heart. Julie, I apologize about the way things went down. I feel bad about it. And you would like her back? Say it. It'd be nice to talk to her again and not not talk to her. That's nice. Wow. And is there something you want to say about me and Fez when we told you you had to treat her really nice if you were going to use the show for that? And, and you showed me the back of your hand when you yeah, told me? Yeah. I did. I said, I'll fucking give you this right very, here. Very I'll assertive. fucking give you the back of my hand. I know. All right. Well, at least he apologized at something, Chris. That's more than you ever did to a woman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. And congratulations to Fred Brooklyn for making BuzzFeed today. He made it. Big up. Big up, big man. And Russell Peters Unmasked next Tuesday. Go to the iBang to be part of the studio audience. Are you going to do the warm-up, Fez? Yes, I am. Bitchin'. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. Donk.